All right, we have Neon Taster on today's episode of Bad Filmcast, nephew of Hillary Pundit, John Podesta. How are you doing, man? <laughs> that, was, uh, that was almost correct. Uh, that, that, going, that was the bit. That, that, yeah. was, that was the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I, I, I got it. Okay. That was funny. I, I want to make sure that you didn't think I was retarded. I mean, I am retarded, but just a different You are. Retarded. All right. But like right. you know that that was a bit. We all know so, that John Podesta is your secret boyfriend. <laughs> so. Well, I, I do uh, I do live within uh, driving distance of uh, Comet uh, Ping Pong and, and oh often drive oh by shit. There, so. Do you? Is that in DC? It is in DC. Yes. Oh fuck! I didn't even of know. Of course, that. it would be in DC. I mean, it makes sense. I just didn't know it that it actually was in DC. It is. It's not. It's not very far from from where I live. At Have all. you visited it? <laughs> I, I, I've never been like I never went in, but yeah, like I've I, I go by that intersection quite a bit. I mean, why don't you just grab a slice there? Support like local businesses. Like, <laughs> yeah, stop I mean. being a bigot already. Like, you know, S- support support local uh, support local pedophiles. Rings. Like, you yeah. know, don't go to don't go to the mega international child trafficking rings. Go local. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I always say. Keep our pedophilia in house. Shut the support. fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> We we keep pedophilia in the government and the White House at all times, no matter what. Although I've said this uh, before, and I'll say it again: uh, despite Trump being in Epstein's black book, I really don't think that Trump's a pedophile because he just loves his bimbos too much. I, I agree. Yeah. So um, even even if he's surrounded by pedophiles and he's in the black book, and if even if he's been to the island, I honestly I don't buy it that um, that. Uh, Trump would be a pedophile. At that point, if he's been to the island, you're guilty by association. Oh, I, yeah, obviously. I'm just saying I don't think he's a pedophile. Yeah, you, can, you can still be guilty by association and not be a pedophile. We're definitely saying he's guilty. We're just not saying that he's a pedophile. That's it. Still guilty. Yeah, like not, not, not literally everyone Jeffrey Epstein hung out with was a pedophile. Many of them just like looked the other way as, as yeah, exactly. As fucking was going on right That's there. That's so fucking disgusting. Which, I, as again, as we said before, I really hope is the case for Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> that, that's that's always the one that hurts us most, knowing he's in the black book. Yeah. It's Jimmy Buffett. That's so fucking disgusting, man. Like, what kind of subhuman does that? Uh. People in politics. politics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'll just put it this way. My one uh, friend that the, all of us know that's in uh, D.C. working in politics is into some uh, sick shit sexually. Nothing illegal. Just, you know. Nothing illegal yet. Yeah. No, um, yet. you make that. You say that. But, yeah, that's how it starts. Yeah. Well, he no, he's not a pedophile. and He's not a zoophile. And he's not into necrophilia oh, or what? rape. So those those are all the zoophile. Zoo that's a people who fuck have sex animals. With animals. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's none of those. Therefore, he's not into anything illegal. Th- does he like fucking cars? Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. He's not Cameron Wrong. Diaz. Can Wrong he do a movie. good split? He's he's not Cameron <laughs> Diaz in The Counselor. <laughs> Wrong movie. We're not My doing bad. that. One. Sorry. What is this? Oh yeah, this is the Samuel Jackson movie. We're yeah, talking Die about. Hard with Avengers. Did you just say Sam? It's Bruce Willis and Samuel uh-huh. Jackson. It's not all Samuel I saw Jackson. was Samuel Jackson. Uh, excuse me, bigot. The black Fucking people get stupid uh, idiot first billing over stupid white people. So just saying, just saying. Well, this bigot. was this was like the during like the apotheosis of Samuel L. Jackson. You know, like. Couple of years after Pulp Fiction, it's was like this the, after Pulp Fiction. 
Yeah, this is yeah. 95. Oh, okay. I thought this was this was yeah this was right when he was getting into his like everybody wants to see Samuel L. Jackson say motherfucker and yeah and and such on screen and he um, fucking is the lead in this in my opinion yeah he, he, that's he, why he I steals it over fucking Bruce there's Willis. uh I mean at some point we should probably discuss uh you know like third movies in a trilogy but yeah the idea that they they gave him this like sidekick that runs around with him for the entire movie was like a a good twist on the the concept. And it's so good. Like I, so I watched it today again, just in prep for this. <laughs> um, and just the the interplay between them is so good. And like, even from the beginning, because they hate each other most of the movie, right? Yeah. Um, but even in the very beginning, every time one of them does something that annoys everyone else in the room, the other one smiles. Yeah. Like when when Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, curses out Simon and he hangs up on him. The only person in the room smiling is Bruce Willis. And then it happens the other way around when he goes, oh, you asshole. He tries to go to him and then he starts stuttering. Samuel L. Jackson is the <laughs> only one smiling back at him. They're both like, yeah, fuck that guy. Everyone else taking this extremely seriously. And they're just like, Ugh. Yeah, mutual respect for assholes. <laughs> it's funny because like watching this, like especially since it came out right after Pulp Fiction, I don't even like think of them both being in Pulp Fiction because do they even have any scenes together on screen? I don't think so. No. I, yeah. I don't think they have yeah. any screen time yeah. together. Because I mean, the, Bruce Willis is with Travolta when he kills Travolta, but I don't think him yes. and Sam Jackson have any. Scenes. Well, he, yes. I mean, yeah, they have like because because Willis and Travolta have like a, a mini story arc in there because he, he gives him the stink eye at the bar. Then uh, then uh, then Butch keys his. car. Oh yeah, they're both in the bar together. But yes. other than that, and then the guy the guy who keys his car. Uh, Vincent's car is uh, Butch. Yeah. Because, you know, he talks later when he's at the drug dealer's house. He's like, ah, some motherfucker keyed my car. That was Bruce Willis. When he left the the restaurant, he fucking keyed his car on the way out. And, yeah, and then he ends up killing him. But, yeah, no, I don't think he and and, and Jackson are on screen at the same time. Yeah, so that's why it's like watching this. Like, I, you know, I don't even think of Pulp Fiction. It's just like it hits me afterwards. It's like, oh, yeah, they were both in Pulp Fiction the year before together. And then they were in Unbreakable. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah! Oh wow! Well, and then That's... also like in, and then also in Glass, I guess. Yeah. How many movies have have, have Samuel wow. Jackson and I didn't remember. Wow, Terrence, that was a good. Yeah. Made no. <laughs> which which is funny because we did do an episode on Glass. Um, Unbreakable is not rotten because it shouldn't be because it fucking rules. Yeah. But Sam Jackson good. just looks so different in Glass. He does. He looks nothing nothing like he does in this at no. all. So it's like you know I didn't even fuck I don't. That's fucked up that I didn't even think of that, considering how much I love uh, Shyamalan. You're off your game, Fox. They're both in Loaded Weapon 1. Loaded Weapon 1? Not Lethal Weapon? No. What the fuck's Loaded Weapon? Really? You've never seen that? I mean, it's sort of forgotten now, but it's like a... You know how like Hot Shots is like the the sort of lampoony... Leslie Nielsen Lampoony version of Top Gun is yeah. called Hot Shots with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. And this is the Lethal Weapon one. It's with oh, um, it's with uh, Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson play like the two cops. It's oh. fucking hilarious, and nobody remembers it. Now. I've never sorry. even heard of it. Yo, Emilio yeah. Estevez and Sam Jackson. That what, sounds amazing. What, what's the Rotten Tomato it, score on it? That's a good question. Uh, let's see. Uh, and it's called Loaded Weapon One, even though there's only one. Like that's <laughs> part of the joke. <laughs> that's great. History of um, the World Part One. Yeah. Oh, it's a, yeah. It's 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 a National Lampoon movie. You see, it has horrible reviews. 
I it has like seventeen percent tomato meter and has like forty nine percent audience score. But there we go. I'm. But the thing is, I, like I, I've. It's hard. Rotten Tomatoes with movies that are that predate to the Rotten Tomatoes era. Sometimes it's a little hard to like to tell. But yeah, like Roger Ebert trashed it. I'm not surprised though. Well, here's, like the, a, here's the thing. It's a, a National lot of, Lampoon um, movie. I actually have, I think, maybe two movies before the 90s on my list for stuff for the podcast. I know Dune's one of them, and I feel like there was like one more from the 80s, but um, I feel like generally most films before the 90s and most foreign films, um, anything that's actually good has a good score. Um, there's only there's less than like five foreign films I have on the list because like every just about every foreign film that I've seen and liked always has good reviews. Yeah, and 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 so and I don't know like because again I, I went we're gonna we're gonna get to that because I went and I read some of the bad reviews of it the, the contemporaneous bad reviews of this movie, um, and so uh, I was. Um, but but so I don't know who curates those because some of them are from the era. I saw a review of it from two thousand and one randomly, um, from like a from like filmcritic dot com. Um, so it could create like some kind of weird like uh, distorted image of whether or not it's popular or not, depending on who decides which old reviews go on some old movie like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird what decide what's decided to come on to um, Ron Tomatoes and like what's not allowed. Like they kicked off Armin White after he like ruined the hundred percent score for Toy Story three, and it's like fuck you guys, <laughs> fuck you fucking Disney show bastards. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it is dumb that. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like uh, baseball writers of America <laughs> shenanigans, where they're like, "I'm not gonna let this guy be unanimous in the Hall of Fame," but. Um, it's also his shtick. Like that's his his entire reason for existing is like everybody likes this movie. I'm gonna hate it, or vice versa. Right? Well, I he also I generally Get find Armin White to be one of the only few good writers, uh, like in film criticism. And two, uh, I generally think that he's earnest in everything he says. He's just a fucking weirdo when it comes to his taste. So Sounds I don't familiar. I don't ever think that he's contrarian just to be contrarian. Well, I mean, I think you, I think people can have uh, like I think that your taste can have contrarian aspects because I mean, mine because, certainly does, <laughs> which we all know. Oh, well, yeah. I, but I mean, like, I, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. Like, I if I hear if a bunch of people say to me, "Oh my god, uh, this we saw this artsy movie and it's, it's terrible. It was so boring." If people tell me a movie's boring. I feel like I I like I feel like I'm gonna put an effort into liking it just to fucking spite them. Yeah, I hate when people <laughs> say shit is boring. Oh, this book is boring because it's long. Oh, this movie's boring because it has long shots. It's like no, no, those things can be really good too. And so I I almost and so yeah, like a movie like Get Out, which Armin White also trashed, I believe. Like I can almost oh, understand he how. That. Yeah, I think I almost get how you could like walk into a movie like that with a chip on your shoulder because you're like, ah, everybody loves this bullshit. Fuck. I mean, I went to get out thinking like I, I, it looked like uh, my first impression of the trailer back when it came out was like, this looks like um, white people are bad. The movie where after watching it, it's like, no, white neoliberals are bad. The movie. That's exactly like I, I found it to be. Like, the criticism of it was really clever. It was way smarter than that. If it had just been white people bad, 
But it also gets into, yeah, like the idea of like, I mean, the whole concept of it, it's like a weird racial like Twilight Zone episode where these old evil white people are so enamored by like blackness that that's what they want for themselves. It's like it's so oddly twisted. Um, And yeah, like I think I think if it had been more simplistically like it's just the white people who whatever. And I, I mean, I don't know why they would have chosen black bodies like that concept doesn't work if it's just racist white people yeah exactly like you they 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 actively need a reason i I, that seems like that's how it kind of came about like he because he was like i'm gonna do invasion of the body snatchers but with black people (laughs) but what would motivate them to do that Um, yeah yeah it's a shame because like i really like the concept of get out and like the themes and the writing there but i feel like the film itself it's just like formally so unimpressive and like the actual filmmaking is very like average. Um, and I feel like if Jordan Peele was like more experienced when he made the film or, you know, just having a more uh, talented or experienced director making it, it would have been something that I would have like truly thought was like, you know, amazing. That's fair. I mean, I thought the the the, the cold <laughs> open was really good, uh, was really well shot. It has a couple of things that that are that people remember, but are kind of derivative. Like you know, the whole the what is it called the 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 deep the down below the sunken, no, place. Yeah, sunken place, sunken place, sunken place. Yeah, that's like uh, that's Bottle? like uh, that's a total riff off of the amazing, amazing uh, under the skin, um, which kind of people kind of uh, rip rip off, I guess. Yeah, anyway, watching yeah, I mean, Under the Skin, it, it does that I, kind of I used thing. to love Under the Skin a lot, actually. Uh, that I remember before it came out, that was like a trailer that I watched so many times. I'm like, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And then I saw it, and I loved it for a long period of time. And then coming back to it a few years later, I'm like, uh, it's not that great anymore. Really? I mean, there's also a meta. Like, that movie has a whole meta aspect that if you if you know about makes the movie more interesting, which is that they really it, they sh- they really shot it like that. Meaning... Oh, yeah, I know. They they used a lot yeah. of uh, people they just picked off off the street that they didn't yeah. know that yeah. they were in a like, movie. Like, wh- she drove a, a van around Edinburgh or whatever They, they made is. cameras specifically for that, like, new kind of cameras. Yeah, so, and so imagine imagine this. You're some schlub. You're some schlub in Ireland or whatever, and some lady in a van pulls up to you and says, like, hey, I need directions. Hey, can you take me somewhere? And you say, yeah, sure, I'll get in the car. And then somebody comes up to you and says, hey, we're actually shooting a movie, um, and uh, would you like to come do something with us? Oh, by the way, it's full frontal nudity. Here's a release form. Yeah. Like, that's literally what happened. And I know. A of I love the, yes. the whole idea behind the movie. And what they yeah. did with that, and I, I and think then that's they just got the guy crazy. who had like uh, who had like a neurofibromatosis, yeah, like elephant man which he's disease. actually in this other film called Chain for Life, uh, which is fantastic, which you should check out. Um, oh, okay, it came so. out, I think it came out last year, and I saw it the year before, like on a screener. But um, that film's fucking fantastic. I like it more than I mean, it's not comparable to Under the Silver Lake. I mean, Under the Skin, but um, I like it more. <laughs> just. Uh, Oh, cool. But. All right. So, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Which brings no, us back No one to died the, hard, and there was no fucking vengeance. Zero I out mean, of ten. Technically, he was getting revenge for his brother. I mean, that's kind of what it yeah, was. Yeah, I guess that's what the vengeance... That's I guess true. That's what I, the I was just so. being an asshole. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the first three die... This was also like the other Die Hard 
movies. Uh, it was a script that was not Die Hard and was turned into Die Hard. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yes. I didn't yes. know that. The two. So, the, I mean, the first Die Hard was just a script. Whatever. You can't say that it was adapted into Die Hard because it was not. You know, it was just a movie script that somebody took. Or maybe it was a book. Yeah, but Die yeah, Hard. This, the Die Hard script was based off of a book. Oh, I can't really? remember the name of it right now. But huh. so then the yeah, and so the second and third one were like. Uh, like action movie scripts that they were like, oh, this is good. We'll just we'll just put John McClane in this, and so like that was both the second and third one. Yeah, uh, I mean, in the it, thir- it's something that's easy enough to kind of just plug into an action movie. Kind of, yeah. Like the script for this movie was originally for a movie called Simon Says. It was just going to be a standalone, like you know, like thriller. Yeah, and uh, they took the guy, the, the guy who wrote it, and like he then adapted it into like a Die Hard script. Which means huh. that Die Hard is the original Cloverfield franchise. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, then, I guess. <laughs> now, J.J. Abrams uh, th- uh, took, uh, took note. Now, does, <laughs> did anyone here ever uh, partake in the, uh, the very normie tradition of watching Die Hard every Christmas? Nope. I mean, I'm Jewish, so, <laughs> so it's not even... Oy vey. So I... I kind of do, not out of like, out of like, oh, it's tradition because yeah. it's a Christmas movie. I just do it because I fucking love Die Hard. I, I watched uh, Die Hard every Christmas Eve for five years straight from like 2013 to 2017. And then after that, I'm like, you know, I, I like Die Hard, but I don't really like it enough to keep up this tradition. Because I used to go to uh, my one friend's uh, Richard's house, and I, I think Terrence might have came with me for that too before um and we would like always go to his place on christmas eve and then he ended up moving to uh you know silicon valley and stuff like that and i'm like i you know it's it's whatever um i i had this one professor back in college that like literally taught uh that had like multiple classes on him just saying like why die hard is the best action movie of all time and i to this day i think he's a fucking moron <laughs> Really, like, I, mean, it is, I mean, it is sort of credited with being like the Mac Daddy of the, the that action genre, you know, and it made Bruce because Bruce Willis was around for many years before yeah. this movie, but he was an action man before yeah. it. This movie made him action man in the same way that like Guardians of the Galaxy made Chris Pratt action man. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like uh, what made uh, John Krasinski action man? Was it a quiet place? Did he have hours? abs in anything before? 13 hours? Yeah, 13 hours yeah. probably. Oh, right? 13 hours. There yeah. we go. Which is I mean, you know, it, it, it took all these goofy office dudes and turned them into, like, shredded monsters. Yeah, which is um, hilarious because now fucking uh, – now John Krasinski's doing fucking deep state propaganda with uh, Jack Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard – see, I was not – it's funny. I was going to watch season two, and then I heard all that stuff, and I was like, ah, fuck, now I don't, I don't feel like watching it now. Yeah, I never even watched the first season. I'm like, this just looks fucking bad. But it was not bad. It wasn't bad. It was fun. It was yeah. fun. It, it had some hilariously bad like uh, DC geography. Like he was biking between two places, and you know where they are, like Georgetown and Langley. But like passing through things that are just on the total opposite side of DC, <laughs> which by the way also happens in Die Hard with a Vengeance. If you are <laughs> a New Yorker, hey, I'm just gonna keep bringing yeah. it back around. See. The, I'm good uh, at the, if, I'm good I don't at the know podcasting. if you've ever seen the computer with <laughs> Liam Neeson, but uh, that's a movie where it's just like none of this makes sense for like location wise with like New York and the trains and everything. I'm like, 
It, it's like it's a great movie, but it's so infuriating. It's like, has anyone here ever been to New York, or have they only just watched it in movies? It feels like. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, like, it, it, listening to it, if you don't look at the footage, like listening to it, I believe for the most part, it's it's accurate. Like if they say, you know, because they're like on something something street, and they got to get to this stop, and it is ninety something blocks, and they do got to go like like when when uh, when they got to cross through Central Park in the cab, right? I understand what he's doing. He has to get south, and he, the easiest way to cross 50 blocks between, like, the 90s and the 50s is to go straight south through the park. I don't know if you can. Are you there, can. like, lakes? Like, yeah, I don't you, know. Yeah. You definitely can. So, like, <laughs> it's one thing if you're going to go, like, cross town and then go all the way to, like, the west side highway or the east side highway. But, like, you can't go straight down Central Park. It only goes, you know east and west yeah right but when he gets out of the park they do say something like okay we're halfway there or something like that there is it is a long sequence and yeah like at some point like it goes and goes and goes and you're like okay we're halfway there and you're like ah shit really (laughs) and then that's when he has to call the ambulance that's when he has to to like fake a a police shooting so that they dispatch an ambulance so i mean chase it you know regardless of it being real or not uh i think in the beginning of the movie if you did that in real life, you probably would be killed. What Bruce Willis did, so yeah. I mean, the movie's ridiculous. I mean, let's let's just let's just get that out of the way. I mean, what happens in this movie is utterly ridiculous. Like they do uh, incredibly like instant insta kill you shit, uh, and they and walk away from it. Uh, you know, not unscathed, but you know, they're both like walking at the end of the movie, which is just ridiculous. No, it um, was just when that movie started. I that first scene happened, and then all I think is just God damn it, James. <laughs> with Bruce I mean, Willis, with that let, fucking sign. Let's be real. NYPD doesn't need to fake a shootout. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. Well, that well that scene. I mean, that scene is like you can't even talk about it now. First, first of all, you know, there's like a, a censored version. I was curious because I watched this movie on uh, on Amazon Prime. And I did not know if I was going to get the censored version or not. The I didn't even know there was says, a censored version. There's a censored says, version? I, yeah. For, oh, where they, they blur out the movie sign? On TV, it says, I hate everybody. No. Oh, what? what? Yeah. Google, Google, Google image it right now. It's sort of a Yippee famous thing. Again, Falcon. they God show this. Holy shit. They show this movie on basic cable all the time. What do you think it says? I know, the, but like an edited word? version online. I mean, edit for TV is one thing, but I didn't know there's like an edited version on like streaming and shit. Yeah, because I... No, no, so I'm saying the Amazon was not. No, I got the I got the original version. I did not get the censored version. Um, but, but also, like, I don't get like why it would have to be censored from TV when you have stuff like the boondocks. Stuff like what? The boondocks. boondocks. Well, the Boondocks is on like late and shit, and it's kind of like it's marketed as being like like it is um, a niche. Yes, it's, it's a niche prime time. Show. Yeah, still. I mean, though. this. I mean, this is an art. This is an R-rated movie, obviously. But you know, like they make t- they make the TV versions with the edits. You know, Yippie Kaye, Mister Falcon. You know, ever heard those? All of yeah. those like yeah. famous I TV just said edits. I'm sure this one has plenty of them because it's you know it's 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 this it's it's them cursing and. And uh, and saying things that you're not supposed That's to say. So fucking dumb. It's kind of funny though too because like imagine like you're watching this on cable television yeah. and you see it say hate everyone and you see them all get so upset and it's just like why are they getting so fucking mad? This makes yes. no sense. I mean I hate everyone too, but like 
Yes, and uh, and you know this, this is kind of racist. Way, this scene, movie for having that, black people get unreasonably mad at like something. Yo, stupid that's like actually that. a good fucking. That actually point. makes it worse. It makes it way worse because it makes the black people look really bad. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's like he's wearing an all lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the modern day version of this. Uh, it's like no no lives matter. <laughs> that's the modern day version of this. They would they, you would never get a scene opening like this anymore in a movie today and this opening is just it's fantastic could you imagine if you went to a movie nowadays and it opened up with bruce willis saying having a sign around his body that said i hate n-words like could you what's imagine? the n-word matt um nancy's i i don't think that's what it is yeah it's like it's <laughs> like kind of like little queer dudes uh i I, that, I don't think, that we, also, I think I think you watched an edited. Is that version. also not allowed? Can I not say that? I, I think you watched an edited version, Matt. Oh, my bad. Can someone can someone tell me what the actual N word is that was said on that yeah, sign? Because I, I think the audience needs to know. Actually, it, you know what? I'm misremembering now. Now that I'm thinking about it, it said I hate everybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you? Oh, actually, I think the version I said said hashtag All Lives Matter. And I think it says I can breathe. Actually, no, that's not how the movie opens. The movie opens with like. Um, with like a explosion, right? The movie starts with like a bombing. Yes. With like a Joe yeah. Cocker song, uh, and then there's a big bomb. And <laughs> yes. one of the one of the bad reviews of this that I read uh, said it was a problematic because it was just after the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, oh. It had just happened, and they were saying like, "Oh, this is this uh, folks, the the imagery is too fresh in our minds." And, and yeah, because and we definitely some, did this on purpose. Well, I'm saying, and they, there is some, there is some incredibly 9/11y stuff in this movie. Yeah. I well, gotta this say, was, this was '95. No yes. one was, no one was gonna no. expect. Well, what my was gonna my absolute favorite um, 9/11 thing of all time, it, which Super a Mario Brothers? Yeah, that's a very weird yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite 9/11 thing of all time is um, <laughs> you being an epic gamer, much like us. I'm assuming has played Deus Ex, right? Yes, I know that, that there yeah. is a Deus Ex thing. Yeah, right and in, in Deus Ex, the twin towers are missing um, because of there was they just didn't have enough like space to put the twin towers in the background, uh-huh. um, just because of the limits of ga- of making games in the late nineties. And their reasoning for it was that there was a terrorist attack, and the game came out in two thousand. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. now the Super Mario Brothers one is not as blatant, but yeah, at the end of that movie when uh, when Bowser tries to merge our two dimensions, there's like a shot of the World Trade Center, and it starts to fade into this like decrepit version of itself, where one has a big hole in it and it's smoking. Jeez. Oh it is, fuck! I think I remember that. But the Super from, Mario that movie came out in ninety five. 93. 93, yeah, because that yeah. came out right after uh, yes. Super Mario. And I, and I had rewatched it like years later, you know, and I saw that image and I was like, what the? That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. crazy. The 90s predicted 9 11. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, should, well I should know this as a New Yorker, but when was the first World Trade Center bombing? The one with that the was van also in the basement. When was it? That was also 93, I said. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Weird. I don't know, like, what part of the year. By the way, speaking of, like, prophetic things, so there, there's two really funny things that happen in this movie that made me laugh out loud. One is, like, there's a, a Donald Trump reference, yeah. right? Where, <laughs> oh, and there's a, a Hillary Clinton, Clinton one, too. Hold on. Yeah, I was going to get yeah. that the second one. So there's a Donald Trump reference where, where the, the 911 operators now got to root all the calls because, lol, nobody has – or there are very few cell phones in 1995. Yeah. Uh, so they got – everybody got to call 911. And, you know, someone said this to her, and she says, like, oh, yeah, and I'm going to marry Donald Trump. 1995. It's funny how, uh, how And it long... was a black woman, too, mind you. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it's 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 weird how long he's been like a, a thing. By the way, I there's a 1995 Israeli rap album that has a Donald Trump reference on it. What um, the fuck? I'm just saying, it, like that's. But I'm saying, like that's how even he was famous enough for an Israeli like, uh, like a uh, like a Rage Against the Machine type like rap rock band to like reference in one of their songs and have you know their young audience know. I mean, who Donald Trump has about. always been super famous. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah. he was he was in Home Alone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, like I, Gremlins too. The character, the 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 guy that yes. owns the company is based off a. Of, Donald Trump and like one other guy. Yeah, but like even as long Clamp as or whatever, that's the whole. I think Ted Turner is the. the yeah, and yeah. as long yeah, as that's who it is. as long as hip hop has been around, everyone always oh, yeah. mentions Donald Trump yeah. when they're talking about millionaires and yeah. shit. Always. Yeah. Always. Now and, uh, the, the, the the Hillary Clinton reference is even weirder because Trump is just a, like an offhand like oh rich guy I'm never going to yeah. marry somebody that rich reference. The Hillary Clinton one was, uh, you know, one of the riddles that Simon gives him is like, uh, what's when 21 of 42? And they're trying to figure it out. And they somehow, I can't remember, like, what the thing is that leads them to, to, to realize it's president. It's, oh, he said something about Clinton. And then he says, oh, Hillary Clinton, she's going to be the 47th president or something like that. And he says, oh, but, but the 43rd president, you know, like, that's they go back and forth. But, like, it's so weird. Again, in 1995... To go like, yeah, Hillary Clinton's going to be the 47th president. That's, I mean, close. She was it's almost pretty fucking the 45th. Close. Yeah. It's pretty close. Will she even be alive by the time we have a 47th president? Uh, no. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, she not. could. I mean, she could. If, if, I mean, in I mean, theory, she, it could be I mean, 2028. Could I mean, be the year that we elect the forty seventh president. If she if she has enough um if she has enough child fetuses to feed off of and uh, <laughs> I knew we were gonna go there. <laughs> yes. and, enough uh, uh, foreskin. Yeah. Vestal virgin sacrifices to the yeah. the eldritch the eldritch. She's, she's gonna need gods. like a fucking um uh what are, what are those IV. She's gonna need an IV of of children of child foreskin. No, she's like, hooked up to her at all. She's time, just gonna but. be walking around like Palpatine in the last Star oh Wars. Oh my god! Movie. <laughs> Dude, Hillary Clinton is literally Palpatine. <laughs> she kind of looks like I Palpatine have been a bit. Like, in the shadows well, for decades. When Palpatine actually looks like Darth Sidious, like. That looks like a male version of Hillary Clinton, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we need to okay, so we need to fucking uh, stop normies from comparing politics to uh, start to uh, Harry Potter and start having them compare Palpatine to Hillary Clinton because you know what? It looks similar enough. It does. So what you're saying is, for the thumbnail of YouTube, I'm just going to make this picture Hillary Clinton's face imprinted on Palpatine. Yep. Yo, that would be amazing. But it has to be Darth Sidious Palpatine, like with the hood on and stuff. Yeah. Shooting of lightning. And if you could work in an IV drip in there somewhere, that would be yes. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> foreskin. Maybe not with foreskin. All right. But no, not the penis. Just no. the foreskin. Like you cut out the penis <laughs> part. Okay. But like, don't use baby penis. Oh. That's child porn, and I'll have to send you the jail. That's how we get flagged by the FBI. Yeah, that that's how you get one way trip to ticket to uh, Ping Pong Comet Pizza, with with uh, John Podesta. It, yes, exactly. <laughs> bringing it, bringing it, bringing it back yeah. to the beginning. Okay, so back. here's something I learned about this movie today when I was like, uh, like reading about it after I watched it. There's about an, John oh, Podesta. They, it, yes, but <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, he was a, the original villain of this movie with John Podesta. Um, uh, it actually has an alternate ending that was the original ending that they re- they like changed after like they huh. didn't like it, uh, and it's on YouTube because it's on the specials DVD. and the DVD, and it is fucking weird. 
It is, is. I can't imagine why they did this. So in the original ending, uh, basically, uh, so what happens in the the ending that we know is the ship blows up. Uh, Bruce Willis is like, "There's no gold on there, whatever." But I guess they got away. And then he goes to call his wife, and he realizes that they're in Quebec because of the bottom of the the aspirin bottle that Simon threw him had uh, like the name of like a motel in Quebec. So he he knew how to find him. In the original ending, that doesn't happen. Simon wins. The heist works. They get away with the money, and Bruce Willis gets thrown off the force. And it flashes forward to X, I don't know, like an unknown amount of time later. And Simon is sitting somewhere in like Germany drinking like a Louis Fourteenth cognac, like the bottle's right there with him. And like Bruce Willis walks up to him wearing like a, you know, all clean and wearing like a nice jacket. And like Gruber tries to like maybe call his security and Bruce Willis is like, nah, I killed him. And then they have this conversation in which Bruce Willis reveals that he was like thrown off the force. And yeah, I guess the the heist worked or whatever. And then he points a gun at him, Bruce Willis, and says like, okay, we're going to play a game called McLean Says now. And uh, Called what, what he's going to do out. is Mc- – Oh, McLean Says. He's like, you know, we played yeah. your game of Simon Says. Now we're going to play a game of oh, McLean God. Says. Okay? And he pulls out a fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> it's like a little – it's like a little Chinese rocket launcher. It's maybe like a foot. It's like maybe like a foot long. China, it, their rocket launchers pathetic, little, small, just like their penises. Unlike <laughs> a big, large American rocket launchers, it's pathetic. We hate China. <laughs> we have the best rocket launchers. We have everybody. the best rocket launchers of all time. Tremendous rocket launcher. Tremendously huge. Huge. He loves that. He loves that. Anyway, um, it's a, it's a like a little our rocket, rocket launchers launcher. could blow up the Great Wall of China. All right, their rocket launchers wouldn't even make Christ. a dent in our wall. I mean, he isn't is an interrupting. Uh, he is an interrupting president. This is this is what we have to deal with. <laughs> he puts it on the table, and he says, uh, "Okay, so I'm going to ask you a bunch of riddles, and if you uh, get one wrong, you got to pull the trigger on this thing." And Simon says. But you took out off the handle and the sights. How do I know which way's forward? And he's like, you can point it each way any way you want or whatever. And he like spins it around like a spin the bottle. So basically, there's a trigger on this thing, but you don't know which end fires. So it's kind of like Russian roulette. And so then he asks him a bunch of like dumb riddles. Like he asked him, you know, like uh, now I can't remember any of them. But, you know, it's one of those like a man is the, his sister's husband, but he's also his father's br- brother. How could that be? You know, and he's like, they're married. You know, one of those. It's. He asks him like a series of these, like rapid fire. And at, at some point he gets one wrong. He says something like uh, a man comes to kill another man and uh, whatever. And one man has cognac and the other man has a gun. <laughs> what did the man forget, you know, in order to survive or whatever? And he says the he, he answers something and it's wrong. And Bruce says, OK, it's wrong. You got to pull the trigger, decide which side. So he kind of spins it this way, that way, this way, pulls the trigger. It shoots through him and kills and like explodes and kills him. What? And then Bruce Willis says, uh, no, he forgot the flak jacket, I guess, <laughs> implying that he himself is wearing a flak jacket and thus would deflect a fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> what? And then just like gets up and walks away. Roll credits. Like that's the end of okay, the fucking movie. That fucking rules. And that should have been the ending. No, I hate it. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> 
So wait, huge, is huge that fan. is that scene like acted out or? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it, it was scene. shot. It was shot. It went to like it went to like the final approval or whatever. No, they <laughs> actually reshot that 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 action scene with the helicopters was a reshoot, an expensive, expensive reshoot. That they hated the original ending so much that they threw a shit ton of money into filming a whole sequence where he kills him at the end with two fucking helicopters. Like, it wasn't even a, oh, let's half-ass this, you know, because we got to reshoot it. Let's just do, like, a foot chase. They were like, nah, we're going to have a shootout where they're both in helicopters, and it's at night, and then we crash a helicopter with a power cable. Like, I'm amazed was- that original ending got made. Could like, you imagine going to a screening of this movie and that's the original ending? Like, I wouldn't even know how to process that. That honestly, it's, that it's fucking so rule. weird, so tonally weird, man. Like, I'm I don't kind of like Little Shop it, of Horrors in a way. What? It's kind of like how Little Shop of Horrors ending was made. How was that made? Um, I, don't, I think I explained this. Uh, when the movie was being uh, was being screen tested. Uh, the original ending, and it's in the Blu-ray, so it you can see it and everything, is uh, the plant obviously... Uh, oh. Keep, Keep going, going Terrence. Keep going. Uh, the plant obviously uh, ends up killing Seymour because uh, he kills Audrey, and then for some reason Seymour feeds Audrey to the plant, and I don't get that, but... Uh, and then he ends up killing Seymour, and then... Uh, his, you know, obviously the guy comes the next morning and pretty much takes his seeds and spreads them across America. And then the ending is just literally New York is being invaded by giant kaiju sized Audrey tubes. Oh yeah. You told us this before. Yeah. What? That's they, wild. I didn't actually know that. I love little shop of horrors. Yeah. And they screen tested it and the audience said that they hated it. I mean, they I hated, can imagine. I they mean, hated yeah. the ending. They thought it was bad, even though it technically does make sense with the theme of the movie. And then they changed it, and he kills the plant. He lives happily ever after with Audrey, and then they see well, up. Wasn't the play but, first anyways? Or Yes. Uh, Damn. I, I want to say the play came first, and then there was uh, a movie that came out in the 50s, I want to say. And then there was another – then it got uh, put back on Broadway in the 80s. And then that's when uh, I think they got Frank Oz to help with the movie. And then after the movie, uh, it just kept going on and off on Broadway. Damn. Suddenly and that, Seymour and has that, an And that meaning. sequence that, that – because it's shot, that, that post-apocalyptic with the miniature. It's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's so, I love those practical <laughs> – Things, by the way, again, movies uh, that have uh, that had uh, their darker endings kind of made a little less dark. Uh, the butterfly effect is also an example of that. Where if you I've watch actually the not direct- even seen that movie. What? The, okay, well, the dir- the director's cut of that movie is fucking dark, dude. Like way more than the don't don't spoil the- it because I think that's something I'll probably watch eventually. Okay, well, I, I and so it, it's funny to watch the original and then watch the director's cut because again, it is. The ending of it is like quite disturbing, and I I think like makes it a like a way more impactful movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know not everybody can uh, not everybody likes a movie with a like a horribly dark ending. Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't say the uh, Die Hard with Vengeance's old ending is like horribly dark or anything. It's really yeah, just it's hi- funny. Just him getting uh, kicked off the force is kind of like sucks, but. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but uh, no, but also like the idea that he, 
that he uh, uh, like went and found this guy to kill him in like revenge and like cold blooded revenge. Uh, Why? What do you think the Why? with a vengeance comes from? Yeah. Well, that's what, but but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like that's but he's not supposed to. He's supposed to be the good guy. He's not supposed to be the guy that's motivated by vengeance. He didn't kill uh, Hans Gruber because he was a villain. He essentially killed him in self defense, right? Or you know, in yeah, like, in the line of of duty. I don't know. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, like it it shows him as this like cold calculating where did he get the chinese rocket launcher where is <laughs> i mean maybe i don't know like because if you go if you go on youtube it's like a six minute scene but i don't know if there was more after before after it because like like i said it's just hans gruber and like a fan he's like in a parlor with other people and then bruce willis is like tell them to leave and he like yells at them in german to leave but it's not like just made it's like people sitting at another table i'm not exactly sure what where it is or what what hmm. what's going on uh, so it might be part of like a, a longer ending sequence. I don't know. Maybe if somebody has the the, the Blu-ray or something, it's on it. Yeah, I mean, um, I can't imagine really going much more after that. I feel like that would be a perfect time to just cut and end the yeah, film. Yeah, maybe. You know, and I guess maybe that was, you know, originally the like uh, the send off to John McClane. You know, I, although you know in the in the updated one, because you know if you're gonna assume for a second that this is the last one. Yeah, then, uh, which it should have been know, the, the last one, considering you know, you know the implica- and the implication is that you know he got he's going to get back with his wife now. You know that was the that's where they leave it, kind of like oh he's going to go call his wife and they're going to get back together. Um, yeah, the the subsequent ones were and and it's 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 hilarious. Like um, I went and read some of the old reviews, bad reviews of it, just for the the hell of it, and like uh, the. Whatever, like the complaints were just regular. It's too fast paced. It's too die hardy. They took the die hard and they cranked it up too far. But then there was a review from two thousand and one that just said Willis looks tired, and that made me that made me laugh on two levels. Because one, yeah, the whole point of the movie is he's having a he's like in the midst of like a bad hangover. Yeah, yeah that's the out fucking point. Thing. But the even funnier part is. You think he was tired in 1995? Oh man, you should you watch should see what he's him doing now. fucking now. Like, have you guys seen uh, Cop Out? The Death, the Death Wish, the Death Wish. Remake? No, is it good? It is one of the funniest fucking. I'm seriously. I thought it was just going to be like a boring, whatever. I, I want to see that because we're big fans of Knock Knock. It is which Eli Roth made baffling. That movie is one of the to- weirdest, like tonally weirdest movies ever. It will go from like a like a, a a goofy montage to a horrifically brutal murder in like the space of nothing. It's un I mean seriously and like again Bruce Willis like totally does not give a fuck. It's 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 magnificently bad. Like Death like, Wish? Yes. Yeah, the new the like, new it's one. It's not it is not boring. It is not boring bad at all. It is not like uh I, I feel know. like I might like it. I mean, I, I feel like Bruce Willis has been phoning it in for a long yeah. time now. He was oh, good in yeah. glass, though. He definitely He was has. good in glass. I think because yes. he he respects Shyamalan, yeah. probably. I think so, too. And like that's a series kind of like Die Hard that he's been involved with that's, that's so long at this point that it's kind of like to to not do uh, take it seriously would kind of be like a disservice. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, well, he's I, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not that he's lost the capacity to give a shit. It's that he probably only gives a shit about like stuff that his friends make or yeah, or, yeah. You know, or, or maybe mean, he'll read a script and because because I don't know like did he give a shit during the Expendables because that felt like maybe he was just hanging out with some dudes because I you know that if you read about those movies and about how they uh they fell out with uh, who was it who was like a complainy bitch on on set and they were like we're not going to work with you anymore. I'm not um, sure. Not Willis? Yeah, it seemed like Willis would be the one. It might have been. It, it, like, yeah. it, that might have happened with Willis, uh, ultimately. Because, like, it was a... Because Stallone, you know, it was like Stallone's thing. Kind of like Adam Sandler who brings all his friends to... Yeah, that's movies. what I was about to bring up. I'm like, The Expendables is literally just fucking um, Adam Sandler movies, but for action. <laughs> yeah. And notice, by the way, notice that Adam Sandler's movies that are like that with friends are always like, let's go on a fancy cruise. Let's go to the Caribbean. It's I like, will that, say... That's no, that's not an accident. That's... I, ca- that's, uh, I, that's I, I will say... I want like, a vacation. Though, from last year, uh, Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston was legitimately good. Okay. No, he's not... Again, he's not... He's not a a, a lost cause. He just no, no, no. But of... I'm saying like the Happy Madison stuff is generally like pretty shitty. But um, like uh, Murder Mystery was a Happy Madison film, and that one was actually great. It was you know it was a funny whodunit uh, movie, and it was just really enjoyable. And oh, I I'll have to check that out. I think it was the only one of his Netflix ones I actually watched at that point. And then I watched Sandy Wexler right after that because I was kind of intrigued by that because it's like super long and like is like a Hollywood story and it's just it seemed like so bizarre I'm like alright I kind of gotta watch Sandy Wexler and it was like watchable it wasn't good uh, but wasn't it was great. definitely wa- it was definitely watchable uh, but Murder Mystery I think is legit um, the best Happy Madison film is it in better like over than, 10 years uh, is it better than Knives Out Knives Out I did not watch yeah. Knives Out because I don't okay. like Ryan See, Johnson. I think I'm the only person who just like did not did not love it you know what I did I a lot loved- of people didn't love it well, I'll tell you what I loved. I loved uh, Daniel Matt Craig. Matt loved it. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I kind of loved it. <laughs> I mean, no, it's fine. I, and I, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff in it. You know, it's like Royal Tenenbaums, but a murder mystery. Yes, yes, that's a good analogy. But, but, um, but um, I loved uh, Daniel Craig's character, the faux Hercule Poirot kind of thing. But he's like Southern. Like, I would totally, because, you know, there's going to be another movie with him. And, and I really hope it's just him solving another murder. Because that's, because I would love that. Honestly, the thing I didn't, yeah. I've never been a big Daniel Craig fan. Um, I, I think he's kind of a lazy Bond, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's funny because his Bond he, he movies like are the anymore, best But, like, Bond go watch, movies, uh, go I don't watch, think he's a great Bond. Uh, Go watch Logan Lucky. He's great in that. Oh, no, he's great know, in he, Logan yeah, Lucky, Logan for Lucky sure. Great. I, I think he's great in Logan Lucky, but I, I found his acting in Knives Out particularly was like, wow, I'm like, I didn't know Daniel Craig had this kind of range. I he, I think he gets the wrong roles a lot of the time and the wrong directors. Like, even yeah. uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I love, uh, and I love Fincher. Like, he kind of just, like, coasts through that. Yeah, it's it's almost like, I kind of feel like I feel about Bruce Willis in his later stuff, how I kind of do about Daniel Craig, yeah. where like a lot of the times, he's kind of phoning it in, yeah. and like, I don't know if that's intentional, or if that's just well, kind for, of his... I mean, it's, I, I mean, he, for some reason people really like his severe stoicism. Maybe it's because he has those like icy blue eyes, and he has that like dead stare. He definitely has stare. like a cold killer feel to him. Yeah, yeah but like... Um, Which works, uh, uh, but like, I, I don't know. He also hates being Bond. Like he doesn't want to do yeah. it anymore. I laughed, you know, because because you know, uh, uh, 
too old to die, no time to die young because you're too old to die young (laughs) was the first movie that got uh, postponed because of coronavirus. That was like the first one of them. Yeah. uh, And I was looking uh, forward to it, too. The trailers look great. And so I, but uh, I can't like I I can't, I really I, like I watched Spectre the other day and it's just Spectre bad. sucks. It's I, you know, bad, here's man. my hot take. I want to like it. I like Sam Mendes. The first sh- the first scene of it is brilliant. It's this like long take. It's like the proto 1917. It's almost like he did that long take for for uh, for Spectre and was like, huh? I wonder if I could do this for a, for an entire movie. Okay, my hot take is Quantum of Solace is the best Bond. Okay, it has the be- it has one of the best. <laughs> That's the correct I, response. I, well, I'll say it has one of the best uh, ideas of this entire iteration of Bond, which is the idea that uh, Quantum is such a secretive organization that the way they meet is like they're embedded in the crowd of an opera and just like speaking quietly and like earpieces they all have and they're all sitting separately. Love that idea. I thought that was really clever. Because, like, how would you do it? Like, how, if you were this, like, super uber secret organization, like, how would you meet in a place where, like, you could never get busted where somebody walks in and sees all of you at the same place? Yeah. Um, it, I do. It, Casino Royale is my second favorite, though. I do like Casino Royale. I, I, would, I, w- I wonder. I do wonder what Quantum of Solace would have looked like uh, if not for the writer's strike. Because it, it, Daniel Craig said later, like, they were asking me to write my own lines. I'm not oh, a writer. Really? I'm I didn't a know fucking that. actor. A, I, yeah. I always forget that writer's strike happened. Yeah, yeah dude, that writer strike fucking lost. ruined Heroes, which it, I will yeah. never forgive. Oh my god, one of the uh, yeah, like one of the biggest drop offs ever. Heroes, it had a, a, an amazing first season, and it went like mm. the yeah. second season it, was good too, though, right? It was, was it? okay. But I don't like, remember. It's been so long. From, we we I haven't watched Heroes since it came out. So Bree, uh, my girlfriend, had never seen Heroes, so I rewatched it with her, uh, and she enjoyed it, and she didn't know anything about the writer strike. But um, watching it live, like going from that first season into the second, and then by the time you get to the fourth, it's just like, what the it fuck? It went four seasons? Yeah, well, it should have gone more than that if they still had the original writers, but it, it just it, it deteriorated so much from that strike. Yeah, yeah. That lo- lo- Lost as well. Lost was also... I actually uh, think Lost, uh, its only weak point was season three, which had some great episodes, but which just had so much filler. Huh. All right. Um, <laughs> no, and so uh, by the way, so here's a, a, a tangent discussion to to Die Hard. So it's the third movie in a trilogy. I, like I, st- I, I would argue that it's the best Die Hard movie, but I, yeah, I'm probably gonna get a lot of pushback. I think it's my favorite. One I agree. Oh, get out! Both of you just get out. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's not as iconic, obviously, and it's not as influential. But like, I mean, I think I'm also just so funnest. sick of Die Hard One, having seen it so many times as well. And it's just it's the funnest to me. I think again, I love the Samuel L. Jackson aspect of it. Samuel Jackson's like, what makes it. I like the the super yeah. villain aspect of it. The you know the clever villain who has this like super interesting intricate plan, which by the way is not as plot holy as some people claim. It seemed to me that he was always planning for McLean to die at every one of these steps. But had like a contingency like, okay, if this doesn't kill him, we're going to go to stage D because people said like, how did he know he was going to survive to go to this and to that? Like, I feel like maybe he had somebody go put the water jug bomb on the on the statue as they were jogging there. Like it wasn't there before. He was like, fuck, they survived the train thing. 
Okay, better go to the plan with the bomb and the jugs. Yeah, I do like uh, with the with the water bomb uh, when they were about to leave, and then Samuel Jackson's like, "Wait, we got to take it with us. What if a kid takes it?" <laughs> and then he ends up giving it to the the fake police, and then they're gonna take it. It's like I'm not taking that. And then the police guy's like. What if a kid takes it? Yeah. Even the terrorist is like, you know, what a kid could pick this up. Um, and uh, we're terrorists. Which, we're though, not animals. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of speaking of which, this uh, this is the this uh, has something that is later kind of echoed in Inglorious Bastards, which is he discovers that the cops are fake because they speak. They, they say they give away that they're not American. He says, oh, it's raining dogs and cats. And then he says something like, oh, you know, I always want to take the stairs. But when it's this hot, I always take a lift which is the wrong word for elevator. Yeah. Like that's how he gets suspicious. And then he sees the badge and he realizes it's his friend's badge, which is set up way in the beginning where he's like, he plays the, his badge number in the lottery. Like they so, have this talk before where he's like, Oh, I, what number do you play? Oh, 61, 69, 61 uh, or whatever, which is my badge number. And then later he sees that the, the guy's wearing that badge, which is how he knows to shoot them. Damn. Um, but yeah, in Glorious Bastards, there's that Damn, scene yeah. where he knows that they're German because he does the three sign using his thumb, which is how they the Germans do it. And I guess in the West we we just don't. Well, it's actually the something of funny. Is so good. In Glorious there's Bastards something... is a fucking amazing film. I, I'm not there... big on Tarantino, but like Hollywood's like a perfect film, and Bastards is pretty damn good too. Yeah, well, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is. I, I'm I'm just a huge fan in general of uh, revisionism. Um, I think Tarantino does it so well. Um, I really love in Twin Peaks the re- uh, the return the revisionism of you know Laura Palmer. Um, I don't know if you did. Have you played Final Fantasy VII remake yet? No, I'm not. Like that's I'm not. That's not a franchise that I'm into. But uh, I I I, 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 I hear that there's that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. That's not a franchise that I've played. Oh, gotcha. Um, um, but, uh, I mean, even if it's not something you've like checked out before, it, it's fucking awesome. And it's really good um, real-time combat in it. And uh, and I'm not a Final Fantasy fan, but I fucking love Final Fantasy VII Remake. But like, there's a reason Remake is in the title, because they're doing revisionism. And you know, not to get into spoilers, because Terrence still hasn't finished it yet. But, okay, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm just a uh, big... And the Evangelion rebuilds, even though the third one was... Uh, was questionable. I don't. You know what? I haven't. I actually haven't watched it. I bought it. I pre-ordered. Like I got it re- release day, and I still haven't watched it. Don't people enough. hate the rebuilds? Uh, yes. Uh, but but because I mean, I, see, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make up my own mind on this when I watch them. You you watched the original, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. And I, I did watch the first and the second rebuilds like a while. The ago. first and like, second got, rebuilds are fantastic. The third, well, you know, rebuild, the first one is basically you know like a, a, a like a beautiful re just you know yeah. redoing of the that that part of the the show. Um, but the 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 reason it's it's it hits really hard with with uh, with Evangelion is that so much of the idea behind it is. That it's not heroic and it's pathetic. Like it's pathetic to the Shinji's pathetic to the end, and like some and people just don't him. change. Yeah, well, yes, but that's that's the that's the point. I know that's the I know that's the I, point. I, that's why it's such a and and like I watched it twice. Like the first time I watched it, I did not understand what it was that I was watching. And so it it got weird. I was like, "What? Where's this going?" And and then like when I when it hit me, and I watched it again with that in mind, then you understand like the, 
you know, like why it's so influential and why it's yeah. Such I mean, a- I I will never believe anyone that just watches Evangelion and End of Ava for the first time and be like, yeah, I, I get it. Like it's something that demands multiple viewings. Yeah, easily. there's no yeah. way you get it after the first. Watch. I remember the first time it's- I watched it and I finished End of Evangelion. I'm like, this is either. Uh, absolute masterpiece or the worst thing ever and you know <laughs> I spent so many time so much time on like um, on like 4chan and Eva, Eva Geeks and like other sites um, just like discussing it and then I rewatched it again and I'm like yeah this is like the greatest thing bro ever. the first time I watched Evangelion I was like 15 or 16 years yeah. old there's no fucking way I got the nuances of yeah. it and right. not just that Ava- if also, also contemporaneously like if you had watched it in 1995 I don't know if you would have like fully understood what like how like how outside the box the thing that you were watching was yeah, it could have been no. like misinterpreted as just being weird like i hear i hear a lot of people t- uh, talk about like who don't like last action hero and who didn't like it at the time if you uh, go read uh reviews of last action hero when Schwar- it came out Schwarzenegger? yes yeah. people yeah. didn't get people didn't get it it's a, it's a, it's like a it's like a really clever I have, I have not of, seen it. I don't know anything about it other than it it's has good. Schwarzenegger. I like it. Wow. It's great. It is very it's like great. again. But, if well, you watch yeah, it today, I mean, I, what I thought was it was just an action movie. So like, what's there not to get for it? It is very much not. It is a yeah. It is, no, it's it's, fun. it's very much ahead of its time. By the way, directed by John McTiernan, same director as Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Uh, but um. Uh, hey. Also, wait. Just going <laughs> back, I forgot to. I wanted to bring up earlier, but then we were getting into other stuff. Um, it's funny how that one professor of mine thought Die Hard was the best action film of all time when it's not even the best McTiernan film of all time when Predator exists. Yeah, well, Predator's, I, Predator's you know, fucking the, good. That's the thing is the, I, I think I think the sci-fi because you know you got your Predator and you also have your Aliens, which are the the you know like the sci-fi entries into like that discussion of like the greatest action films. Although again, I think that there's some modern entrance that could because you, you, it depends on what you mean by greatest. Do you mean like the most influential? Are we talking like random? No, I, 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 two? I, tr- I wouldn't say influential. I think influential and greatest are, there, are get glumped together way too often because there's so many films that are super influential and games too. Like you know, anytime I see Super Mario Bros, like the original first Super Mario Bros on like greatest games list, I want to fucking vomit. Because it's nowhere close to the greatest games. It's just influential. That's it. It was amazing for its time because there was nothing else like it. But almost every fucking, even just every indie game these days blows Super Mario Bros. 1 out of the water. So, you know, Citizen Kane is a movie that I don't like at all. And I think it's boring. Um, but I get that I, influential. I think there is a difference, though. You don't have to like something, but if it is very influential and started something, I think it at least deserves the respect. No, it deserves yeah. the respect, but it doesn't mean it's the greatest of all time. It just means yeah, it laid well, the foundation. Yeah, well, that's like I don't like, like the Beatles, but I appreciate what they did. And I, yeah. I always say that Hitchcock is Hitchcock crawled so De Palma could run. I mean, it's and and that's that's fair because like you know like I would I would say I would put like Terminator Two in the discussion for like you know like the greatest action films or something like that. But you know like for instance, I just wa- rewatched. I don't know. Aliens the, is pretty fucking good. Oh, that's that's what I'm I mean. Saying. You can like, put them both so in discussion, Terrence. But then, but then, uh, let me just say like out of left field. So I watched for the millionth time uh, Mission Impossible Fallout this week. Oh my god, I I think Mission Impossible Fallout is like the 
Indiana Jones, The Dark Knight, the Jurassic Park, like that kind of uh, momental blockbuster of of this generation. It it and it, like every one of its action sequences is like mind blowing. Like the way they did it, they shot the they they shot the the um, the the heel the the plane jump out for real in real time with Tom Cruise for real. Oh really? The, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's done in one take on the plane. And when I saw that in the theater, I was like, "Did they? They actually really did that?" I, what I, I thought, love about Fallout okay. is it's one of those few movies that I think appeals to everyone on the spectrum without sacrificing anything at all. Like it's it's a perfect action movie that I think everyone should love, no matter if you're like me and have very specific tastes and uh, hates a lot of you know popular mainstream stuff. Or, you know, it, just it, the average you know, it normie ca- as well. She it captures, all love it. it captures to me the, 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 it, 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 the, ba- it has a perfect balance of like uh, self-awareness. It's not too much, but there's just a little bit like, uh, like in the, in Ghost Protocol, you know, he has to hit the button or whatever and he yells mission accomplished and like hits the button and like nothing happens. And then he keeps pushing it. And then, you know, somewhere else somebody does the thing that helps the button. Yeah. And then at the end, they're sitting at a. At a, like a cafe, and and Ving Rhames is like, I can't believe you said mission accomplished. Yeah, that's self aware. Like that's they're 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 <laughs> saying like, yeah, we know this is ridiculous. Don't worry. Like it's not <laughs> this. We, we are aware that this if, is like. If totally we're talking goofy. objectively here, um, I would say probably Heat's the greatest action movie of all time, followed by Mission Impossible Fallout. Interesting. So yeah, um, and you see, like I, it's I, hard. I, or John, people mm, will say like John Wick, The Raid. Yeah. There, you know, there's all kinds of like out of slightly out of left field uh, examples of things that could that could easily. And I would say probably on. bad. Bo- I mean, I like Bad Boys too more than Mission Impossible Fallout, but I feel like Bad Boys Two is also specific to my taste. So if we're gonna say objectively, I would say maybe put Fallout above Bad Boys Two for just bad being as is, an Bad Boys movie. Two is, is is underrated. People don't yeah. like Bad Boys Two. Fuck yeah, it's underrated. I mean, bad Boys Two is part of my personality at this point. That, I feel that like. shootout, <laughs> that scene where they have the shootout at the drug dealer's house, you know, where it's like they're on two sides of the wall and the camera's oh, yeah. around. Well, he and, does that again in Pain and Gain. That's so good, man. Didn't he, he created that technique, yeah. right? That that's a tech. I've said this before, but that's a technique I'm going to rip off one day for one of my movies. Because no one else does it. No one else does no, it. No, because Michael yeah. Bay is so fucking underrated, man. He gets typecasted for being this fucking kind of director, but he's so well. Good. It's because it's because you know a little bit like Zack Snyder. I love um, Zack Snyder. Well, no, no, but I'm well. Okay, well, but then then my, you're not going to like my point. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that? Which is that? My problem with them is not their their you know their ability as directors. They're both fucking great directors. It's their creative choices in terms of like once they have control of like the story and the the like Michael Bay. You can't give Michael Bay casting authority, for instance. <laughs> um, You're complaining and, about the casting for Michael Bay. Well, no, I'm just saying, like his because well, Pain you know, and Gain like, and Bad Boys are like perfectly casted. Well, but those are, I mean, yeah, those are those are well, Bad Boys. Yeah, but it's it's those are somewhat outliers. Like again, I'm I'm looking, I'm going to look at Transformers as the thing that defines Michael Bay now, and uh, which maybe I think that's is unfair, bullshit. But, if we're if well, we're yeah, being perfectly honest, but you know, I I mean, it's 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 his own fault. 
if 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 that's the public perception of Michael Bay, it is Michael Bay's own fault. Yeah, because I mean, he look, made that he made that his baby, and he rode that to like billions of dollars of, in profits for himself. He's got a point. Studios, or no, whatever. no, he he certainly did. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. you, it's you just a shame that the public I mean, you know, is so attached to Transformers. And has used that to be uh, this negative stigma towards Bay, but also Bay doesn't care. He he says he's like I make movies for thirteen year old boys. Yes, but I'm saying like if the for I'll give an example. If the decision, I know what you meant. I'm more upset probably about Bay's uh, public perception than Bay probably is. Let's put it like that. I know what you meant when you said that sentence, but it sounded very creepy when you said that sentence. But like I'll give you I'll give you a good micro example of this. Like if he if if he had didn't have the final decision on making the Transformers these like complicated whirling tornadoes of metal parts and just made them more straightforward uh like Pacific Rim looking Jaegers or something like that. Uh yeah, then the the action sequences that he shot for real with real exploding cars out in the real world would have looked Amazing! Like he knows Agreed. what he's I agree. doing. I, I think. I think f- um, there are certain moments, uh, specifically the opening seven minutes of Transformers Two, the last, uh, whenever they get to Hong Kong, the last like forty minutes to an hour of Transformers Four, and like the last forty minutes to an hour of Transformers Five, are all phenomenal. I think the action and the rest of the action in the movies is. Uh, is decent to not good. It's funny in the first few. Like I, I, I always said that uh, it's amazing to me that uh, a movie franchise centered around futuristic robots from space. Like the most exciting parts of those movies were always the U.S. military. <laughs> like that was always the coolest part to me. Like oh look, here come the jets and the gunships to help yeah. the transformers. Just, yeah, I, I really do wish the designs of. The Transformers in his movies were way more simplified. Yeah, they're now, god now, awful. Here's a here's they a here's god a god awful. Well, here's a weird uh, a weird uh, movie that I wish Transformers was more like uh, Pacific Rim Two, which is a garbage movie. But I actually like that. We saw that together, Terrence. Pacific right? Rim Two is great. I so I'm saying shit. I loved all of the robot action in it. I thought the whole John Boyega stuff was like uh, absolutely atrocious, but. I wish Transformers was more like the robot fights in that movie. Yeah. Where they kind of, they launch rockets at each other, and well, they got, see, like, swords, and it's not just, like, yeah. and they got, like, weapons, it's and you can't dubstep. even see what they're doing. It's that, just, it is visual dubstep. Yeah. I'm, just waiting, I'm just waiting for that bass to drop, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Hang on, hang on. But, like, there is a difference between the Jaegers and Pacific Rim and the Transformers because... Technically, they aren't mechs. They are technically living things. And it's – the thing about Transformers is that they're not really it, – it was never about mechs. It was more about – I don't really want to say it's a space opera, but it kind of is because, you know, the thing about Transformers was that, yeah, they're giant robots, but they're – they have emotions and they act like you know people. Yeah, they're both. And, I mean, they're essentially uh, two like rival uh, refugee groups from like a civil war. Right? Yeah, wow. so um, it's it's about civil war and survival. Terrence, that was than, a beautiful soliloquy. <laughs> more but, than um, just like robot porn. Terrence just said something very insightful that touched like right at like the area in between my two balls. 
And, I just uh, touched between the area of my two balls. It made me feel. It made touching your face. It made me feel a certain way, Terrence. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's, but like, it felt to me like they made Optimus Prime, you know, look the closest to his like Gen, you know, G one look because they had to, and then they kind of went like, ah, fuck it, with everybody else. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. No, ah, everyone, ev- every robot looks a fucking atrocious in the Bay movies. Who does? It's just too visually complicated. The, that's, the that's only. Just it. The o- excuse me. The only Transformer that looks passable to is good Megan Fox is <laughs> fuck you. Uh, is Grimlock? Grimlock legitimately does look cool. Okay, Grim- yeah. Grimlock looks great. You you're right. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, we. It's funny. I don't because I don't know. Like I'm not a big fan of those Transformers movies, so I don't know how the third one stacks up. But uh, I I'll, actually I'll a lot. I think the third one's probably the most popular. Because see, we went on a tangent because this is the third Die Hard movie, right? And I wrote down because I was like, oh, third movie in a trilogy, right? Dude, I'm so down I to just, talk about uh, Michael A. Any episode, so. <laughs> well, I was well, saying like, especially now that like up. we finished like our Michael Bay movies, and I have no more to look forward to. <laughs> we need more fuel. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I uh, I was designing the Patreon last night. And I for the five dollar tier I put Michael Bay lover, and for the fifteen dollar tier I put Michael Bay hater. And it's like if you hate Michael Bay, you have to pay fifteen dollars instead of five. Did you wait? Did you go through every single Michael Bay movie? Uh, no, we so we went through all the rotten ones except for uh, the first four Transformers, at, uh, Pearl Harbor, and is Bad Boys? I think Bad Boys one's rotten. But we we talked about Bad Boys One. I don't think Bad Boys One is rotten. Is it? I don't think so. I don't no. know. I don't know. Anyways, we talked about Bad Boys One on Bad Boys Two. Um, I haven't seen Pearl Harbor, which I heard is atrocious, even from other base stands. And uh, I just don't care enough to talk about more than one Transformers movie. What so. would you say his best movie is? Because Bad there Boys is a Two, very cl- hands down. Really? Really? It, it's definitely Bad Boys Two. Yeah, Bad Boys that Two. Is not, is, I mean, Bad Boys Two. Is, I would put objectively third best action movie i would say it's probably my favorite action movie though uh this year's so wrong okay what so do you th- what bay's, do you think michael bay's movies objectively the rock oh so oh. many people said I, right. okay i need to rewatch the rock it's been a while for me but i it love is, i love uh, uh I can, michael I can bay's entry into like um you know the 2010 era of like digital filmmaking and mm-hmm. like mid 2000s which I've, i i've said this a lot i think the most interesting time in american cinema is the uh the late 90s to mid 2000s uh especially when filmmakers are discovering the digital aesthetic and they're doing so much with it before we kind of get into this like samey feeling of like reds and alexas and it's just such an interesting time well, so to be fair to Noam, I always forget that Bay actually did The Rock, and The Rock. Yeah. You need to watch The Rock again. Yeah, it's been a while. It's I, I keep playing. Dare to I do say it, it's a perfect movie? It's fan fucking tastic. It is so. It's so good. I don't and like. Know. I don't know if I, I would both, put it above on both and like on both an ironic schlock level and just a. It's just I don't know. I mean, it is some of it feels cheesy. I, now I just checked. I have bit. not watched The Rock in five years. All right, watch so, it again. It's been a how while. would you know? How would you even know that? Letterbox. He has a catalog of when you watched a movie. The Have last you never time? heard of Letterbox? Yeah, before? you could log it on Letterbox when you watch it, and it keeps yeah. track. 
That's the oh, site okay. I, I mean, sent I you know, with the I list did, of everything for the podcast. A, I did not know that was a feature, but that's wow. That yeah, is no, yeah. I've been keeping you log every film you watch on there, and I've been um, using Letterbox since uh, January 2013. So I have everything I've seen for the past seven years logged on there. But like when you re rewatch a movie, you'll just like check a little box that says like, "Hey, I watched." Yeah, yeah so, it so, actually lets you say rewatch. So I yeah, so I can go to any film. And I can click on it, and it will show me every time I've watched it. Oh, cool! So okay. interesting. Um, so it's good for me to like pull up. One I always forget to uh, to to do it. I know honestly. you haven't used yours. In I forever. know it, it's. It I is, didn't it's realize. Great. I didn't realize Michael Bay directed all of Meatloaf's like cinematic music videos in the nineties. Um, yeah, actually, I, he Michael Bay directed a bunch of music videos. Oh, did he? Yeah, mm-hmm. those are fucking funny. Like the I would do anything for love, objects in the rear view. Like I remember those I from like when I was growing up. And they love. had like these these involved because this was also the the time when they made these like you know uh, masturbatory ten minute music videos that had like a like you know John Landis and Thriller, you know those yeah. things or whatever. Um, so this, these were those that had, like, a story and a plot and, like, f- six minutes of shit before the song even started. Um, yeah, I guess he did those. That's pretty funny. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, Armageddon, so, uh, also a good Michael Bay movie. Oh, fucking. What, 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 I always what, forget he does Armageddon yeah, also. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, I thought the island was your favorite. Ah, fuck. I forgot about the island. What is wrong with <laughs> me? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Michael Bay's so good. It's, it's so weird. It will never not be weird for me that your favorite Michael Bay is the island. It is. It's, yeah. It is. As much as I love The Rock and Armageddon and Bad Boys Two, the island just like kind of hits yeah. me a certain way. Yeah. But that that's a personal. Yeah. that's a personal thing. Yeah. But no, for it's for me, Noam, it's uh, it's Bad Boys Two, Pain and Gain, and Six Underground are all so my I top. Gotta, I still haven't seen either Pain and Gain or Six Underground. I mean, Pain I and Gain is one of the smartest films. Of last decade, yeah. that's like Mark love, Wahlberg and The Rock. Yeah, or yeah. Like that, right. Uh, I love it's Pain it's, and Gain it's a so masterpiece, much. especially like uh, and it's like based on a true story. Yeah, Pain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pain and Gain is like the '90s predecessor of Parasite. Uh, yeah, I would honestly. It's so fucking no, I'm good. not. We're not even kidding. Watch Pain and Gain and then go listen to our episode on it because I, I. It's actually our mine and Matt's favorite episode of the podcast. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to listen to ones about movies I didn't watch because then like what's the point or movies that I. Like I don't know. Like there's there's it depends because because uh, some movies like I'm 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 in the mood to watch, to listen to somebody defend and then other ones I, I feel like I'll just spend the entire hour sitting there going like no no yeah <laughs> no def- definitely go watch Pain and Gain uh, like tomorrow or whatever because it's it's fantastic and I th- I think it's such a smart film it's beautiful looking um, I love the the 90s Miami aesthetic I mean I think the best location to shoot in America is Miami. Um, I just love the look of Miami uh, in cinema. Um, and then yeah. Six Underground, um, Ryan Reynolds is, is doing Ryan, Ryan Reynolds uh, and had the Deadpool writers on it, which is the flaw. But the action in it is so fucking good that it's like, you know, whatever. I'm willing to look past the fucking Deadpool writing. Yeah, Six Underground yeah. is a great, great fucking mm-hmm. film. If you haven't watched yeah. that, it's on Netflix. Fucking watch that, yeah. too. Cool. Yeah, because it's funny because like, I've gotten back. I've You know, like I'm back around to like – when I see an action sequence and, and it really feels like they did a thing, that that just impresses me. I, I this this really isn't deliberate. Like I, I actually I am gonna bring this back to Die Hard one more time. But like the <laughs> subway trying to stay the on subway topic. bomb Yeah. The subway bombing. No, because I mean this thought like literally flashed in my head as I was watching this, even though there's several action sequences in it. The 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 scene where the subway blows up and it slides through the station, 
they really shot that on a set. They like built a fake subway station that looks like a real New York City you subway love station. It. You gotta back love in ninety five. Rolled a giant and like like a wrecked it with like a giant empty subway car with like sparks and people running out of the way. And I was like, this is great. They yeah. actually did this. People don't fucking do shit like that anymore now, man. No. Everything is computer generated I, and like I, that's I'm, it. I'm a huge fan of practical well, I mean, some fans. do and that's great. Like, you know, like like uh, Tenet, we're going to get uh, Christopher Nolan definitely did all those car flips that go in reverse and shit for real. Like, I don't doubt it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm saying now it's coming back around for two reasons. One, the demand for quality CG it is so high now that it's the it's not more cost effective anymore. If you're gonna if you need like a million man hours to CG something that's good because everybody's standards are high now. And if you make an A you know like an A plus movie, everybody's a CGI expert now. The the entire audience, everybody knows what looks fake and what doesn't look fake, and it'll fucking ruin your movie. Yeah, oh, a, yeah. a really good movie with slightly off CG will suffer. Like yeah, dude, and, and then look at stuff like Total Recall or Jurassic Park. I was just gonna to fucking bring up Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah, and Total Recall was like one of the last uh, like heavy practical effect movies like after that like it was it, it became blows CGI my mind much. that that well, uh jurassic park uses cgi it, yeah yeah it, it i cannot... mean jurassic park was made in what fucking 1993 right is that yeah, right? yeah i think so yeah so it was probably made like during ni- 1990 and 91. yeah it was made during 92 and that movie you can watch that movie today and be like wow this movie looks fucking fantastic it's, it's actually depressing that it looks way better than the jurassic world it really does it does and it's because of the limitations it's funny because you know they always say jaws is really scary because you never see the shark and that was by accident because their shark fucking sucked and so they barely used it their shark prop was terrible yeah but like and so in a way like those limitations created something scarier because it's not just the dinosaurs running around and flailing and again there is an uncanny valley aspect where you know that that's not real but if there's a real like leg like if you see a shot and in the shot there is a practical giant tyrannosaurus leg and then it cuts to like an up angle shot and you see like a fake like Tyrannosaurus roaring. That sells it way harder than like if it's just somebody running and like there's a stampede of dinosaurs running all around them. And it's just like I know this isn't I know this isn't happening. Yeah. I, it's I, also it's also with the first Jurassic Park and I guess to an extent Lost World uh, and somewhat three how they shot it because pretty much Almost every single scene, I'm pretty sure every scene uh, in the first Jurassic Park with uh, the predatory, the carnivorous dinosaurs, the raptors, T-Rex, was either all shot at night or was shot in a dark place. Or in the rain. I think we talked about this on the Lost World episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was was almost like half a year ago. Yeah. And they also did like a mixed. It really was. They had, like, mixed mediums, you know, like in the first one, like the scene where the raptor is in the kitchen. The kids are in the kitchen and the raptor goes in there. There's, like, multiple different things going on. There's a guy in a suit. There's really great test footage for that movie that you could see that they tested these, like, rubber raptor yeah. suits that a guy stands, like, gets in. It's, like, one of those, like, uh, alien xenomorph suits. <laughs> yeah. but it's just like a raptor, and it's kind of built so that you're when you're hunched over, you actually look like a real raptor. And so some of it is that. Some of it is CG. It's a lot of that sort of clever filmmaking. Um, and so, and again, on the one hand, like CG at a level that satisfies audiences now is, you know, many times as or even more expensive than just going out and shooting the thing if you know how to shoot things like that for real. Yeah. And number, t- and number two, 
it's a selling point now. Audiences are back to because because when CG was new, you had all these like everybody everybody went as crazy as they could with it, right? Like that was the the Star Wars prequel selling point was like, look what we can do now. Oh yeah, there's a thousand Jedi and they're all waving their lightsabers at the same time. Like that was the thing that impressed people. Now it's the other way around. Now it's like, look, Tom Cruise really hung on to the side of the plane for real. Look, Sam Mendes made an entire movie that is actually shot in one continuous shot. Oh uh, well, it's, now, it's not one. Continuous well, no, shot, whatever but. you know, it, it has. St- it's a series of extremely long takes. That's yeah. what it is. It's 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 made to look like it is no almost no movie except for Russian Ark. I think, Russian Ark's the legit- only one that actually has done it legitimately. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that was that's the only one that is like a legitimate like one entire take. Yeah. yeah, but the 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 you know it. it uh, what you call it, uh, 1917 is a series of very long, because, you know, like uh, The Haunting of Hill House has an episode that is like three 20-minute takes. What show? Um, the Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah, Netflix. yeah, yeah. Oh, is that good? I yes. Just, it's it very is, fucking good. It is one of the best horror things I've ever Because I heard it's great, and I'm a huge is, fan of Dr. Sleep. No, you should fucking yeah. watch it. Um, and so, it ha- yeah, it has an episode that is like a series of like 20-minute long Takes that involve weird set transitions and uh, like scares that are clever. It, it amazing, yeah. like and really, al- like I might. Also, too, I, I really think that like the the knowledge that we have right now, right, of modern CG of stuff that looks so good, it, it makes filmmakers fucking lazy. Oh yeah, because it it takes the it's the same thing with animation. Yeah, it takes the creativity out of a shot. Where like in 1992, when Spielberg was shooting fucking dinosaurs, he was like, "Wow, guess what? We're gonna have to make real dinosaurs, and we're gonna have to make it look good, or this movie's gonna fucking tank." Now it's just like, "Oh, don't worry, the IT guys will figure it out." Yeah, fix it in post. I don't ever want to hear that fucking phrase. Famous last words. And I, I always feel like the. The movies that aren't that typically are the movies that stick with people. Like, I mean, take like Blade Runner 2049, right? That movie didn't make money, but it, nobody is like a contests like what a what a feat that fucking movie is. Like, I still can't believe in our world a movie like that got made. Yeah, if only that movie got made and it was good, then it would have been a real million feat. dollars and was like make a, th- a boring three hour movie about philosophy for a franchise that like. People, I, I know you're like, really excited for Dune, uh, but Villeneuve just does not understand slow cinema, and he pisses me off. <laughs> I love Sicario, though. Sicario is great. Sicario is fucking great. Yeah, I'm Sicario is fucking I, phenomenal. You didn't like Arrival? Ugh, no. Wow, okay. Yeah. I am a really, really not big fan of fucking Amy Adams. She's great in the master. <sighs> Did you, you watch the master? I didn't watch the master. <laughs> oh, Matt, come on, you gotta watch the master. It's PTA. Yeah, you know the yeah, scene I where know. she gives uh, she gives uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman a reach around. Yeah, she jerks, yeah. jerks him off into a sink. Yeah, while well, he's looking uh, in the mirror. That's great. Yeah, I, I do. True story. True story. I went to. I, I do love true story. Love, I uh, I do love him. I went to watch that movie in the in the theater with my mom. <laughs> oh, the master. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it's funny because. I remember when the master came out back in, in 2012. I, I saw it on 70 millimeter uh, at uh, Lincoln Square, and the same time, not even just the same year, same time, Resident Evil Retribution came out, which was by Paul <laughs> W. S. Anderson, yes. and uh, so many people then were well, not so many, just a, a handful of people I knew were clamoring for that film over the master. 
uh, only because they both share the name Paul Anderson, and they yes. were saying it's better. And I'm like, these people are fucking retards. Like, this is well, stupid. You know, we got, we got and Paul uh, W.S. Anderson's uh, next big uh, thing is uh, Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter movie. But never would I ever thought in a million years that I would one day like Resident Evil Retribution more than The Master, which I do. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil Retribution's on it my top not, 100. The Master's on like my, my top uh, 150. <laughs> The Master is not in my favorite uh, P.T. Anderson films. P, uh, my, um, my I like, PTA is definitely I like Inherent Phantom Vice. Thread about a bazillion times more than that. Yeah, Master. Inherent Vice and Phantom Thread are his best. Uh, Phantom Thread is... I mean, P.T.A. is super consistent. His only bad movie is Magnolia. Oh, you don't like that? Wow. Uh, it's funny because I, 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 I used to love it. Stands. I used to love all his movies, but I rewatched <laughs> Magnolia recently when I was losing my friend in L.A., and I'm like watching it because my friend, I would we would always watch PTA movies together, um, like because he he would see him for the first time watching it with me, and um, I was watching it. And I'm like, this actually kind of sucks, <laughs> and I was like surprised, to, like really not like it at all this time after like you know, you know loving what? it for Some years. Some movies, I, I was saying this on my own podcast that I don't do that often. It's called the Neon Cast. You can look it up, but you know whatever. There's there's plug a bunch your of shit, man. Yeah, plug away, yeah. man. <laughs> Fucking uh, Josh Olsen plugged all his shit. We didn't even have to ask. <laughs> I, I love that, I'm, though. Because yeah. I, uh, I was, I was yeah. on uh, my friend Jake's podcast, uh, First and Final Frame, uh, and I was plugging this. And he's like, I didn't even have to ask him. Like, of course not. No, I love that, too, because yeah. I was going to tell Josh at the end, be like, yo, plug your shit. And that by the time we got to the end of the podcast, I'm just like, well, I guess I, I don't have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, really? It's like for him to plug it on our podcast. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, well, not, yeah, well, I mean, I'm Neon Taster on, on, on almost everything. Like, YouTube is that's my username on youtube and, and stuff now i don't remember what i was gonna say though about my podcast we got we got tangent we got like sidetracked with the classic bad film cast <laughs> no you were Something saying uh, you do your Park podcast like once a week and... no he says he rarely oh does rarely it. does it rarely does sorry sorry <laughs> yeah it like in infrequently is more a, is, yeah, is a, gotcha. a better a better term um but um yeah whatever this just turned into like a dead end plug for my, <laughs> for my YouTube. <laughs> hey man, you gotta plug your shit. Yeah, so. plug the shits. It's all good. Gram to a halt. Um, oh, uh, oh, right. I now I know. PTA. So I was, I was, I was talking about things that are that are like uh, like a single serve entertainment, like things where you watch once and you're like, that was great. Never mm. gonna watch this again. That's most have fun. Yeah. And so I feel like, and so I feel like, uh, for instance, like I I have that vibe kind of with Star Wars, although the Rise of Skywalker. I just I I I was just laughing hysterically in the theater because of like <laughs> we we were I, all surprised that like we enjoyed it I, not more than that but enjoyed it enough well it, so my my most recent episode of my podcast is my review of that and I'll, I I said that I found it fascinating because I had never seen a movie that. Uh, where every choice in it is clearly like a reaction to real world oh, yes. things that happened after the previous movie. Like it's the most reactionary movie I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> I and mean, it was and it was kind of glorious. Like, and I was just yeah. like, oh my god, they're responding to memes in the yeah. movie. <laughs> I feel like that's what makes it entertaining to watch. Yeah, that's so. That's what I meant, and, and but so, but like almost every Star Wars thing, like even Solo, when I watched it, even though it's extremely bland or whatever, I'll watch it. and I'll go like, okay, it had Star Warsy things in it. That was fun or whatever. N- I don't think I'm ever gonna watch that again. I think that also- I watched it twice actually in theaters because 
the first time I was falling asleep and I saw it at the theater by my apartment, which is hands down the worst AMC I've ever been to other than an AMC I went to in the hood once, but that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> when I saw top five in garden city, Yikes. uh, but, uh, yeah, this this AMC just sucks because almost every other AMC in the city is like renovated by now, and the one by my apartment is just so bad. And I'll just get lazy, and it's like, well, if it's not something I really want to see, I'll go see it there. And then I still regret going to see it there when it's like, fuck, I should have just taken the subway, gone down to fucking <laughs> Union Square, and saw it at the one on like 19th Street, which is a fucking awesome AMC, and it's easy to get to. And that's what I did the next day. I literally because we were doing it for the podcast. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go see it again. I have A-list. I'm not paying for it. And I, I when I saw it at the good theater instead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I what, what I was uh, going to say, because you said this a couple of times during this uh, podcast, uh, maybe that also ex- uh, extends to like uh, more artsy films. Like you said, Under the Skin, you know, loved it. Then you watch it again a little while later and you're like, eh. So, yeah, maybe even because because I think that might happen to me with like a Nicholas Winding Refn movie. You know, oh, like yeah. You go I love you watch Well, so like we just recently watched Irreversible for the podcast and I don't ever need to see that movie ever again in my entire well, life. Well, that movie's also yeah. like really, really upsetting. Like that's not you know what I mean? Like it's not just that it's it's an incredibly uh, like artsy slog. Like have you ever seen uh, Noir's uh, Enter the Void? Oh, yeah. James has. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I've seen so, all of Gaspar Noe's stuff. It has that sort of floaty, flying around camera. I, like I've seen Enter the Void quite a few times, but God, it's yeah. so fucking long. If Honestly, if it was like two hours, it would be like a masterpiece, but it's just, it just drags on too long, but it's still great. And so, I, and so when I watched Enter the Void for the first time, it blew my fucking mind, but like, it's not, it's not exactly a movie you can watch yeah. many times, you yeah. know? It's like, it's, it's weird and there's a, there's like a 15 minute MDMA trip scene that's just flashing. I still recommend you check it out. Matt. It's worth watching. Yeah. Kaleidoscoping yeah. shit on screen. It's like it's so free. I like it more weird. than uh, Irreversible. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Um, my it's, favorite No Way film is actually uh, Lux Eterna, which is 50 minutes long and premiered at Cannes last year. And I was it, it has played nowhere yet in North America and was going to make its North American premiere at Tribeca this month. But we all know how that fucking turned out now. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Thanks, I'm so China. excited to rewatch it because it's fucking awesome. But uh, yeah. No, there but, you go. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm a, like I, I like uh, I like a weird artsy films, but but to a point like they need to be. I, I like I, I've never been able to, to define this well, but like. Uh, you know, maybe in in a certain number of genres. Like, I'm not gonna go watch some artsy movie that isn't cerebral or in a genre that I'm kind of into. You know what I mean? Like, I loved, for instance, uh, uh, the new Suspiria remake. I never watched it because I'm not a fan of Luca. Because uh, like the, it's it, it's it's separate from the original. The only yeah. the only I'm not even a fan of the original, but like it's like what two hours thirty eight minutes. It's like I'm fucking good, man. Is it really that long? It's really fucking long. It didn't feel that long. It's maybe it's it, two it, hours I mean, fifteen. I don't know. It's it's longer than two it, hours. I know it is goddamn phenomenal, especially if you like Tilda Swinton, who plays like fucking five different characters in it, including an old German man played by Tilda <laughs> Swinton. Yeah. Like the 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 lead old German man, and it is played by Tilda Swinton. Uh, I, I think it's also, kind of funny that Tilda Swinton keeps getting cast as like fucking old men and shit like that. Well, she also she also I mean she has this like weird androgynous look. Like she played the yeah. angel in um, 
Constantine, who's supposed to be androgynous, yeah. like she has no sex. That's also, by the way, underrated. I've not seen that, that actually. It's on my list. Is it rot? Is it rot? I bet it has I'm a rotten sure it is. Tomatoes. And that is highly unjustified. Yeah. To yet another good Keanu Reeves movie. I love. Uh, have you ever seen that one picture from 4chan where it's um, a picture of Tilda Swinton blowing out a cake? And it's David Bowie walking by looking at her. And the file name is uh, Ronald Reagan laughing at Tom York uh, vomiting <laughs> on a cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, it has 46% on run. There you go. It's it's qualified. If yeah. Audience. We, score we, could, do, we uh, could do that for the pod. Yeah. Audience, I mean, it's it's really, really good. It's good. Shia LaBeouf is in it. LaBeouf. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Also, uh, Rachel Oof. Weiss. Rachel Weiss playing twins. And uh, and uh, uh, what's his name? If you want to make the the Transformers connection, uh, the guy who Mar- plays, isn't it? No. Oh no, it's not John Tartaro who plays uh, Satan in this. It's uh, what's his name? The the guy who's in Armageddon too. Oh uh, uh, fuck. Um. Uh, Damn it! I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, that, His name's on the tip you, of man. my tongue. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Peter St- uh, Peter S- Peter Stormare. Yes, 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 yes. He's in uh in he's in uh in, in that video game. Uh, what is it? Until Dawn is that the one that he's in? Yeah, he's he, the narrator in Until Dawn. He's a fucking great like character actor. That guy. Yeah, he's like yeah he. Sh- yeah, he shows up in like John Wick. He's in lots of things. Yeah, he's awesome. He's 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 like um, we're talking about Sp- uh, Peter Stormare. Um, he's a he's a really great car- character actor. He was in uh, Armageddon, and uh, he's similar to the French guy to, from the new Godzilla film. Well, not the new, the, the uh, Godzilla two thousand. John Renault. Yeah, John Renault. He's like a big star in France, though. Uh, yeah, he's the guy in Armageddon who's like a Russian space station. Yeah, and he's like fucking that, hitting shit with wrenches guy, and stuff. Yeah. It's all made in China. This never works. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it doesn't matter. It's all made in China. Oh, yeah, okay. He's fucking yeah, amazing okay, yeah. in that movie. <laughs> you want to know what yeah, else he's made good. in China? The virus that's ruining all of our fucking lives right now. That is, I'm, yeah. I'm, hi- I'm highly offended. I mean, <laughs> it's it's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's Swedish. I did not know that he was Swedish. Really? He's Swedish? Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That seems like a kind of Swedish-looking name. I don't know. I feel like he would be, like, Romanian. But yeah, he, he doesn't shit. really look Swedish. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and just comes to a fucking halt. <laughs> Actually, I regret. the... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I have to say about Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I write a lot. Yeah. Well, this this is a little bit I longer one. Yeah. Oh, wow. We've been doing recently. We've yeah. Been, yeah, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, we we've been usually cutting at like hour 15 oh. lately. We yeah. got, we, well, we tangented the fuck out. Yeah, yeah that's no. fucking great, man. That, that's how you podcast. I know. <laughs> yeah, because we were doing... We did like the Blade movies recently, so we didn't really uh, have much to say about them. It was kind of like, dude, trans- I, it was a transition you know, ki- phase for us to get. Kind, used I gotta to this. say, the Blade movies kind of groundbreaking, right? You got R-rated comic book movie, black centric. It has a, like a the lead woman's a scientist, yeah, and like and yeah. like actually saves the day by like making the she makes the thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she fucking... made that thing. <laughs> Fuck yeah, she did. And that? also, is that, is that Vivica Fox? Yeah, I think it is Vivica Fox. Actually, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the Blade. Honestly, I, th- I felt that. So we just did all three Blade movies, but we kind of used them as like a stepping stone to talk about like coronavirus and like the current state of everything. Yeah, because we didn't have oh, Terrence on until Blade Trinity because we were figuring out with like recording and all this. Stuff yeah, and- but it was kind of like a great like nuance like way to kind of like you know because vampirism is technically a disease, a virus, so it's a great like kind of way to project onto that. So it kind of worked. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's potentially other uh, like uh, other movies you could have done that with, like specifically two that come to mind. But uh, uh, you know, outbreak and, and contagion. Yeah, both um, good. Yeah, I haven't. So I many people have been contagion, rewatching and Contagion now. I haven't watched this. Contagion, and I'm definitely not going to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> contagion <laughs> sucks. I re- I did rewatch Outbreak though, and I was like, damn, this is. I think Contagion. Yeah, sucks. I, I watched. I uh, do you know? Uh, do you know? Um, uh, Folding ideas. What's his name? Olsen, the YouTuber. I don't know YouTubers that well. Um, Although our a, next guest we have is a YouTuber. Oh. He's a, a really good YouTuber who is a also a, a complete garbage like person. <laughs> like oh. if you go read his his Twitter, he's just like awful. I mean, that's a lot of um, YouTubers. That's so. James. But um, <laughs> but um, Thanks, he did this long video about on coronavirus about how he has been watching contagion on loop ever since the coronavirus thing started and i'm like <laughs> oh, why God. why are you that's unhealthy that's the and 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 he, he even he like admits that it's a, like a bizarre it's some kind of like bizarre unhealthy thing but yeah well, he, need, he, he he might need professional help yeah i mean maybe or or maybe it's a way of like coping, coping. something that's Far, far worse than what's going on now. Because the contagion thing, like, just fucking has people dropping dead in the street. Yeah. Yeah, contagion's um, pretty bad. Yeah, maybe it's a way of him to cope with, like, hey, like, it's not that bad because it could be, like, contagion. I, yeah, maybe. So I guess. Like hey, it's, um, it's not that bad. My dick might have blown up. So yeah, what, exactly. what's this I'm reading that, like, Trump's having, like, three states open back up now? Because he's economically, he's economically retarded. Yeah, but like, what, which which states are even planning to open up? So Michigan. I know that this week the governor of Texas wants to reopen because which is bullshit. Well, because okay, Texas. Hold, hold, okay, hold on, Terrence, calm, calm down a little and bit. And Florida already reopened its beaches. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like hold Just on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. Texas has twenty nine million residents. Twenty nine million, and there are only seventeen thousand confirmed cases within Texas. Those odds, they're not that bad. Let them do what they want. I think you're secretly just trying to kill Texans, Matt, because you hate not. Christians. I'm, I do hate Christians, but that has nothing to do with Texas. I Yeah, but if you still let people out, it's going to spread. Well, look, I'll put, I'll put it this way. Without, without saying what my opinion on this is, because it's fucking complicated— yeah, because we'll go into like another hour rant, and I got to poop. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we, we can do that. Uh, yeah, I well, mean, uh, Noam's technically nah, a Twitter conservative nah, my pundit. Only, so. look, I got to poop, and I want to play uh-huh. Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, only, my, yeah, my only worry, because you said, like, oh, there's 29 million people on only Sony. The only worry I always have is our intuition is, like, our intuition is broken when it comes to, uh, like, disease. It, it It doesn't work in ways that, like, kind of, make sense to us on especially since we're all trained to think about terrorism as crisis crisis in your brain thinks terrorism that's why people were like oh we're not going to let coronavirus interrupt our lives we're going to go out and party 
that's terrorism mentality. That's like the terrorists are not going to win. We're going to continue on life. Yeah. You don't social distance out of fear because if you go read those old tweets, they're all like, where are the fears is not going to uh, yeah. get us to stop. It's not fear what we're doing right now. Like, yes, ter- if, if you don't go out to a bar because there's terrorism, that's because of fear. If you don't go out to a bar because there's a pandemic, You're that's being like smart. That's like preventative. Like that's that's like wearing a seatbelt. Right. Yeah, and exactly. So, Right, and, and so the and so the thing that's somewhat counterintuitive is the idea that like what is it dangerous? There's so many people and oh so few cases. Then why is it necessary? The problem is that spread happens so quickly if it's unchecked. Yeah, like if you look at any of these charts, like the numbers that are multiplying, especially in a place like New York City, is like awful. Yes, I mean, listen, I agree on that front, but the thing is, like, like with the Texas thing, for example, right, they're not like they're not like, all the fucking bars are open. It's not that. The, they're doing it in steps. So the first step is this week on Monday, right? They're opening up all the national parks again. And then they're opening up retailers again, but it's only for delivery and pickup orders only. Yeah, no, I you know. know like, it's so, and some of the plans yeah. that the White House, the, when the White House was talking about, like, we're going to do this by localities and, you know, and stuff like that, that's all smart like the idea is to do it cleverly yes and not create the situation where where you're just gonna like it's gonna blow right back up um and the problem is you're all you always want to be overly cautious everyone is like uh that's a yeah a i mean that, that's my biggest uh, issue with uh trump with handling all this is like he downplayed it so much in the beginning and, and the problem is, if something like this gets away nah, from you, there is been no fucking yeah. retarded with there, this whole situation. Because, like, because, because, like, because, think about an economic collapse, for instance. Okay, like, you know, the idea that the U.S. can print money in theory to like break any kind of economic collapse is, you know, is there. But here, if the thing gets away from you. There is no emergency measure you can like kick into high gear. Like for instance, like let's say there's like an oil crisis, okay? And so for a while we have strategic oil reserves, right? So if something happens and oil becomes very scarce, we for at least a while have strategic oil reserves we can use. So, but here, if the cases start to rise above our ability to cope, there is no measure we can like apply that would like mitigate that. It's yeah, done. I mean, also it's out of our like, control from, from the li- from it. just the beginning stages. Like the economy is already collapsing. Like everything around us is like collapsing. It's like the fact that we're not fit to handle just like the early stages of this is like terrifying. I also think that a big uh, a big uh, element of why there's so much discontent is how. Uh, terribly, they've been addressing like the need for economic relief for people. Oh yeah, uh, if if the they fact were that like I still haven't got, split, you know, I haven't gotten my fucking Trump bucks yet. I fucking um, I and, and it, I got I completed my unemployment claim like fucking two weeks ago. I don't even know how much I'm getting, let alone actually seeing the money. And it's not just yeah, and it's not just the the slow results. It's also the optics of how they're just they're just fighting as usual. It's like in many other places, you see uh, both sides of the aisle go, okay, guys, can we stop for five minutes? There's a real problem. Like Israel, where I'm originally from, uh, knows how to do this with like stuff like war and also in a way are doing this now, even though there's like a whole big mess because there's politics and there's no government there. But they have the ability during times of national crisis to go like, okay, guys. Let's put the partisan mud flinging aside for like five fucking minutes because like soldiers are dying or rockets are falling in cities. 
you wish you could see a little of that here, and I do think the lack of that is it says you know then people their governor says oh you can't go buy seeds and baby food because that isn't or not baby food uh, baby seats in, in you know in Wisconsin they weren't allowed to buy babe car seats for babies because it was like oh yeah I saw that item. I was fucking retarded. Right. And so like again and so on the one hand people are like look Congress is just like doing its normal fighting thing and on the other hand like I'm getting squeezed in like bizarre unnecessary ways that's how you get large scale like like discontent and like violation of orders and that's not good for any cuz what are you going to do? What are you going to fucking shoot people if there's big protests out in the street and they're not socially distancing? What are you going to do? Yeah, Tiananmen exactly. Square what's Tiananmen Square guys yeah Yeah. are you gonna roll in with the fucking tanks that's why uh, what uh, Gretchen Whitmer is doing is bad she's being combative you're supposed to be like you're supposed to calm people down you're not gonna forcefully stop people from going out on the street the only way to calm people down is to give them money at this point unironically but like but the idea that, like, by, by, by threatening people, you're going to stop them from doing something that you, you really do not have the power to stop forcible assembly. If people – if, like, the public at large really wants to assemble, you're not going to get your – who what police or National Guard or Army force large enough are you going to find to just shoot people? Who are you going to get? Who, what, like, what unit are you going to gather around and say, okay, guys, here's our mission – these people aren't socially distancing, so we got to go kill them. Yeah, like, let's yeah. kill them. Yeah, l- who are you hey, talking about? These people yes, are, are, who- are possibly going to die because they're not socially distancing. Let's kill them and speed up the process. And yeah. so the right, and that by the way, so when people say like, "Oh, Trump is not going to vacate the White House in 2021," it's like, who's he going to find to like back that up with force? Forget Trump. Even if Trump wants to stay in the White House, even if he decides in his brain like, "I'm not leaving. I like it here." Who's who's gonna like stop the people coming to forcefully remove him from there? Nobody. Like you need a the 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 a, for a coup. Like you need an entire like pyramid structure. Like look at the the coup that failed in Turkey. That was like generals and soldiers, and then even that wasn't deep enough. Like, yeah. Even that they found out about it and they undermined the coup without them even knowing about it. You need, like, entire... Again, you're going to need, like, entire... You're going to need fucking a, a military force to go guard the White House because the pre, the illegitimate president is there and the U.S. military is going to go get him out. Like, what? That's such a ridiculous idea. Yeah. And so again, Not like Trump that, like, would ever do that anyways because if he was ever going to be this dictator that, you know, libs fucking scream about... Then you know this would be the time for him to do it, which he's not. He's going to have plenty of uh, uh, of opportunity to leverage uh, his uh, his power and money. Uh, you know, being a an ex president, like it's it, he's going to have. You know what I mean? Like it's not that he's going to fade. He's not going to be one of those ex presidents that like fades from life. I think. I think he's. Oh gonna, no, not at all. He's going to enjoy his ability to be a kingmaker and decide. Uh, which senators are, are you know the Republicans are going to support and no he's going to you're not he's not going to go away no no way he, he, he's here <laughs> to stay <laughs> um, yeah but but yeah like the idea that Gretchen Whitmer is going to get the Wisconsin National Guard to like you know put you know put uh, uh, rifle barrels in people's faces is just ridiculous like she should try to like calm them down not get them more agitated so dumb i mean at this point in time for this situation i can never see that happening like it's just very unrealistic 
And so, and, and unfortunately, like people assembling like that in great masses does more, way more harm than just letting people buy baby seats or doing three or four, you know, things that are, are okay. Like there is a lot of authoritarian creep going on with like drones enforcing social distancing. It's like a lot of people who want to do this kind of stuff on the regular just see the situation and are like, ooh, here's my chance. Here's my shot. To like introduce this like draconian thing that during normal yeah, I times mean, it, nobody's going to go for. It is terrifying in a way because, you know, we had the Patriot come of 9-11 and stuff. So it's like it's scary to think it's like, well, what kind of authoritarian bullshit are we going to have to deal with now because of, you know, Chinese virus? But yeah, and so unf- unfortunately, like I wish there was some kind of like social contract where it's like, okay, us, the citizenry, fine. We're going to stay home for a few weeks or even a little more. But you, on that, on the one hand, have to like make sure that we're not, you know, starving or yeah. Or, that's the thing. It's like they and, have to, we have yeah. to actually start getting that money because you know there's people like I'm fine right now because I'm at my parents' house. They're fucking providing food for me, and my landlord is fucking chill as shit. And you know I paid him two months late before, and he doesn't give a fuck. So compared to like the people that are on their like last twenty dollars in their bank account with kids to support. And they haven't seen money either. Like, you know, it sucks that I haven't got my Trump bucks and I haven't got my unemployment yet, but I'm not like suffering because of it. But there are people that legitimately I've seen news stories about that are going to be completely fucked if they don't get this money soon. Yeah. And like and another even more important thing I would say is like really try to keep the things that you're doing reasonable and like and optics are so fucking important man they don't understand it there was this controversy in chicago right where the mayor of chicago got a haircut even though uh, people there aren't allowed to get haircuts and she was like oh i gotta look my best because i'm a public representative <laughs> or whatever <laughs> what bullshit and i yeah and i know like i know somebody who you know like was in that p- position and was like fuck that that's that's bullshit like you know or or like uh, like Jared and Ivanka traveled for for Passover, even though you're not supposed to. That also happened in Israel. Both the prime minister and the president both like had family over for Passover, even though you weren't allowed to. And then just gave this like apology, like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my, you know, my daughter it's okay helped when since people my wife in power died." Do it. Yeah, because like he said something like, uh, you know, he apologized and he said, you know, ever since my wife died, my daughter comes and helps me or whatever. And my mom was like, "Yeah, fuck that. I couldn't see my grandkids. Like, why?" Like so, what? Yeah, I know everybody's having a hard time. Yeah, it sucks. That's the point everyone. of sacrifice. The point of sacrifice is not to say, "Oh, I did it anyway because it's hard." The point is, yeah, it's hard, but you, you're going to have to do without because that's the situation we're in. Matt's one of the only people I've gotten within six feet of, like, in you know, <laughs> since I got back to my parents' house. It'd be like him, my parents. And then, um, like when I first well, see, got here, like cashier, right? see, I'm oddly, I, I, I'm oddly, like I'm in a weird situation because I work, I've, I've worked from home any, like I work from home anyway. Yeah. And I, so I live in a gigantic building. So if, if I coming and going from my building, I see lots of people, and I have a dog, and I walk her twice a day, and so that, between that's your that, dog in your profile picture. Yes, and between that and going. To you know, like the supermarket or whatever, I I I don't feel like it, it, it. It's like a weird, you know, like when I'm outside, everybody has masks, and it's every morning feels like Sunday morning, like the streets are all empty and stuff. 
but but it I have this like bizarre in between sense of it. Like I'm living in a weird twilight where things are just a little off, but not. It's kind of. But like you said, I haven't seen any of my family or friends in you know six weeks. I was actually supposed to go to Israel, and I did not board my flight. And you know, five days later, the the quarant the mandatory quarantines for arrival started. I would have gotten stuck there. I would have. I'm been- so happy my flight for Cannes got canceled because um, I was supposed to go for Cannes Film Festival, and then that got delayed or canceled. I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah, well, um, I, I but like so I, I didn't gotten- want to cancel my fucking ticket with Delta because I would have had to lose six hundred dollars on it. So, but thankfully, I I, uh, I asked around, and people were telling me it's like just wait, it's gonna get canceled. And I got like an email like last week that it was canceled. I'm like, oh, thank God. I was out. Yeah, I'm 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 out a grand for that uh, plane ticket. What? I'm. I said I'm out a grand for Oof. that plane ticket. Yeah, yeah that sucks. And that's that's money's not that's not coming back. But when mm-hmm. I had my t- the talk with my dad before the flight, my dad was like, I'll I'm more I'm a th- more than a thousand dollars worth of worried. About coronavirus, <laughs> yeah. so and so and so, so don't so don't come. And a, again, at the, it, it's funny how quickly this happened. When we made that decision, which was like five days out from my flight, I f- still felt like, are we making the right decision? Are we yeah. just throwing money in the garbage or whatever? By the day of the flight, I was like, holy shit! I, even if I had not made that decision, then I would have made it today. So yeah, like it I, was, I've been it, at it my was that quick. I've been at my parents' house for a month now, and uh, it, literally a month from today. And uh, a month ago, when I was at my apartment, my friends were like all like um, ragging on me in the group chat, being like, "You should have been out of New York, like you know, New York City, like within the last week." They're like, "Don't wait." Uh, my dad was supposed to pick me up the following morning. And they're like, "No, have him come get you now." And so I did. And I mean. Not that it really mattered because, you know, they thought that New York was going to get like locked down, which obviously it didn't. But um, yeah. it, it's for the best that I, you know, got out of there when I did. And yeah. right now it's just I only have one roommate left at my apartment, Frank, uh, who's been on a few episodes. My other roommate, Steele, has been out. He's been in the where Hamptons. Do you, and, where do you I mean, you can cut this. I mean, we're, we're just babbling about politics and yeah. stuff. So I don't know. Even, I mean, it, people know people know where I live. I, um, I my apartment's on the Upper East Side in Manhattan. And then I'm on. What did I burp? Oh, what are you waving at? What are you waving at? I accidentally farted. I oh, no. <laughs> oh, now I smell it. God damn that it. Pizza. Uh, uh, as piece I was saying, of shit. cut this. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you already I, I cut, cut the cheese. <laughs> Terrible. Um, no, yeah. I, I My apartment's on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, and then uh, my parents live in Northport on Long Island. Which okay. is where I've been staying. Uh, but the past wait, month. wait, like where? So, because I, I stay on the Upper East Side when I'm in, I'm in uh, Manhattan. What? I said I stay on the Upper East Side when I'm in Manhattan. Oh, really? Cool. At like someone's place oh. or? Yeah, my 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 grandparents. Oh, cool. There. Oh, yeah. nice. I'm I'm in um, Yorkville. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll that's I'll, that's I'll DM awesome. you more details. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have to give our our home address. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm in the Yorkville um, area. Oh, by the way, I got it. Okay, so. I'm, I'm, I apologize, but I just gotta I just gotta show you guys something. We can describe this on the air because this is another diehard thing. Because I made I prepared all these things and one of these all these tangents. Hell yeah, man, dude! Um, I'm I'm happy we're going for a long episode. So I did a I did a thing because so this episode we, we've been late because the episode was supposed to come out on Wednesday. Right, and Matt I did a four. Stuff, yeah, I did a four freeze the frame because I I don't know how they did this. If you look in the chat for our thing. 
There's what a scene the where the fuck? so this is the scene where the guy in Dyer gets sliced in half by the cable. Okay. And I don't know how they did it. I watched this like a million times. I think they hand animated this. <laughs> and it's like it's a very, very short. It's less than a second long because, you know, they, they, they're trying to get onto the ship from the bridge. And they, they, it's, it's, it's the grappled fuck? to the car. And then the car falls down and it like swipes across this henchman guy and just like, cause like slices him in half. And like when you watch it in slow motion, it's so fucking graphic. Look at it. He's yeah, just we just looked at half. it. And his like his like upper half just goes like cartwheeling away because yeah, you know then probably. later, <laughs> it's it's weird that it's in there though because later like the ju- the gag is like when it, you know uh, Bruce Willis is like holding up his arms and he says to Samuel Jackson grab his legs and he grabs the legs and comes and stands next to him like that's the visual gag is like he's now in two pieces. Um, it's like in that movie Ghost Ship. You know that movie Ghost no, Ship? No, I haven't seen that. I saw Juliana it a long time Margulies. ago. It it has like in its cold open there's a scene like that where like a, a wire swipes across like the deck of a ship and like slices everybody in half. It's kind of like a, one of those like final destination kills. Yeah. Um yeah. Anyway, we're like, oh man, oh my god, we've gone for like two hours. Yeah. See, have, having me on will lead to a lot of babbling, dude. We, we've had episodes <laughs> we've recorded before that were like over three hours before I cut it down. I'm I've gotten oh, okay, lazy cool. now with cutting stuff down, and I really only cut it if there's like stuff I really want to cut. But um, yeah, I, I like I was saying, I'm I'm happy because we were late on this episode because of Matt's stuff for work. So this was supposed to be out Wednesday, and we haven't done a longer episode in a while. So I'm glad to you know be able to put out something that's like two hours long at least to uh, cool, you know man. make make up a little bit for for yeah. being late. I think everyone will appreciate it for sure. Yeah. Awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess we can wrap this up now as we almost hit two hours. So. Yeah, man, you want to uh, you want to plug anything else or like pimp anything? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like I said, I'm uh, I'm Neon Taster on Twitter, which is like my main platform of whatever. I'm also on Twitch, like twitch.tv slash Neon Taster, and also uh, youtube.com slash c slash Neon Taster. I'm not going to plug my Patreon. I haven't been doing a lot of content lately because i don't know corona i was gonna when coronavirus started i was like oh awesome then nobody's doing anything it's a perfect time to like i mean i didn't say awesome about coronavirus, <laughs> but i meant like i meant like you know it's a it's a good time to like uh strike when the iron is hot People yeah exactly want content and they're at home or whatever what i did well that's why i've been reaching is, out to everyone now is because like i re- was really against doing remote recordings but it's like all right well i have no choice now so i i might as well just start reaching out to all you know the people that I feel like would come on the podcast and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, but the thing, what I didn't factor in was how like little I would feel like doing it. Cause it's kind of depressing and it's like, a, it's stressful. Well, well it's hard and, for and you cause like you do that. it by yourself. For me, it's, you know, easy cause I'm doing it with these bozos. So, well also I, in the pipe I have some, well also no, but like if I stream on Twitch, like if I'm just, I need to be in a good mood. Like, cause I got to talk, you know, I'm talking, I'm, I'm yeah, you know, like course. I stream doom or whatever. Now doom is a fucking intense game. You're laughing, you're shouting. It's like, it's great. And so you, you need to be in that mood and it's, 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 I haven't been able to channel that that often. And so, yeah, in that spirit, I, I'm not, I'm not going to plug my Patreon. Also, you know, people are. Yeah. Plus struggling. they got, they got to pay for our Patreon. That's coming soon anyway. So there, yeah. no, I'm that, there you go. They, they got to save their money for the $25 a month. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm all about moods. Yeah. Right. You know what mood I'm in right now? Horny? To play fucking Final Fantasy, guys! Oh Come on! Oh my god, Terrence. 
Please, once a week you have to fucking podcast. Boo-hoo. You're off of work right now, Terrence. Yeah, fuck you, off. Pi- you privileged fuck. Yeah, you little bitch. I'm gonna su- I wish I could suck on your tits right now and just milk Please. you like the fucking cow you are, you little slut. Please end my suffering. <laughs> and on that note, Neon Taster, Gnome, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, guys, yeah man. Thanks awesome. for coming on. Yeah, dude. Ba 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 ba